Welcome back, folks. We are going all out on this edition of Beef Sticks Podcast, because last week we were all off pasty. That is right, Fat Mac, and this week it's all about a little bit of the bubbly. Bubbly, 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 bubbly. Mm. And the things it does to people. Oh, yeah, some people just forget about the most important things in the world when they've had a few too many and a nice big steak in front of them. Oh, it leads to a damn good news week, though. <laughs> leads to a busy news week when you update your itinerary daily for your podcast. <laughs> Makes for a very busy week. But um, that's that. This is this. Pasty, this week you and I are both drinking, which that's for our right. podcast, it should just be every fucking week. But for some reason... We be slipping. It comes and goes. You know, for me, actually, I like to drink as, or I like to not drink just about as much as I like to drink. So I'm cool either way. Uh, because the show is a little bit of the bubbly, I've got the bubbly Miller High Life, the champagne of beers. Mm-hmm. I think it's my last one. Oh, no. It's the last of the shampoos. Lasted since Galactic, and that was after you got your hands on them. I'm surprised. Yeah, and I have a, uh, I've got a Finnegan's sampler pack, and uh, I had to get this because it is a full sampler pack of all IPAs. Hell yeah. So I've got four of them here. We have the Cosmic Snowball, which is a Smash India Pale Ale. We also have the Tile Factory. Is that like a Smash Burger? So they just like smash it on the grill and... It it's like cup. we're just—it's like—it's like after you have a few of these, you're just gonna go smash. You know what I mean? <laughs> Woman's gonna be raw. There you go. We have the Tile Factory. This is a Mosaic India Pale Ale. I think they made that up. <laughs> we have my favorite name. I haven't tried them yet, but my favorite name, the Brim Reaper. Ooh. That's a rye India Pale Ale. So this should be a little. I'm, I'm assuming this is gonna be a little darker, have a little stronger taste. I'm looking forward to that. Paired with like a Reuben. Oh my gosh, that'd be so good. Oh. And then we have the Tree Bender, which is a session. That's what we should do for beef India sticks. We shouldn't ale. be drinking. We should be eating beef. Oh man, I'm I'm eating beef right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> Baby. Yeah. So these are uh, these are beverages for this week. Pasty, do we have some sponsors for the oh, week? Oh, of course. Same sponsors last week and next week and every week because we love them and they love us. And, of course, folks, that means it's time for Qualities. That's right. Qualities T-shirt company of Wilmer, Minnesota, putting on Wilmer Mania 2, and it's coming at you soon with showing appearances by Ken Anderson. So that's going to be a fun one. I saw his promo video for it, and he kept calling it Will Marr. That's funny. I thought it was funny. But yeah, uh, Qualities brings you <laughs> Wilmer Mania 2, <laughs> as well as custom tees featuring sublimation, heat transfer vinyl and decals, and t-shirts for any occasion. And let me tell you, we got some for us for the Galactic to get down, and I still wear mine on a pretty regular basis. It's a comfy, comfy shirt. 
oh, I wear mine all the time, and people take notice, and people talk, and people ask. People who have no idea what our podcast is, mm. it's it's bright, it catches their attention, and people ask. And that's that's what we want. That's what, for us as a customer, exactly. that's what we were looking for. Take that as a note. Bam, he Other gave podcasts it to us. Other producers, your black and white ask me about my podcast shirt, ain't gonna work, ain't gonna cut it. Self-brand. <laughs> nope. Get yourself out there. Nope. And you can do that with Quality T-Shirt Company. And if that's not enough, you can go over to my boy, Corey Matthews at Monster Wear Clothing for all your small run or bulk orders on decals, stickers, t-shirts, hoodies, hats, glassware, jerseys, and many other types and styles of fabrics. Monster Wear Clothing also offers custom graphics and logo design services. It's your one-stop shop to get what you need to rep your brand. But of course, you can always rep our brand. Pre-orders for t-shirts coming at you very soon. Get, get you some B-Sticks shirts. I know I would definitely like to get a uh, a headlamp shirt. You know what I say? Put your beef... <laughs> put No, I screwed that up. You know what we say? Put, put our, our beef, beef on, on your, your chest. stick figure. Yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Slap a little beef on it. And you know what? If you want to slap a little beef on it, I know just the place that you could slap a little extra beef on top of your spaghetti if this was 1995, Pasty. Yes, or part of 1996. Yeah, a short part of it. Teen part. Yes, folks, because this week in pro wrestling history, history. on September 2nd, 1995, Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania restaurant. Yes, this is real <laughs> life, folks. Hulk Hogan's Pasta Mania restaurant opened in none other place than the Mall of America in Bloomington, Minnesota. <laughs> It was created and financed by Hogan himself. It opened on the Labor Day weekend of 1995 and was later heavily hyped on the very first episode of World Championship Wrestling's live flagship show, (laughs) WCW Monday Nitro, which actually premiered that Monday the 4th from the Mall of America. Folks... Hogan's Pasta Mania Restaurant was so huge that we chose to commemorate that for this week in pro wrestling over the first episode of WCW Monday Nitro. <laughs> well, everybody knows about that. Of course. Man, I've seen the first episode of Monday Nitro and I still forget about Pasta Mania. I live in Minnesota and i never seen the thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, the restaurant, which remained in operation for actually less than a year, featured such dishes as... Hulk's Power Pasta, brother. It'll give you a 10-inch python. Hulkios. Hulkaroni and cheese. And, of course, Pasty's favorite, Hulkaroos. <laughs> Me and my Hulkaroos. Can't, can't, can't take those Hulkaroos uh. away from Pasty. The man, the man, this thing closed in 95. He still has, he still has a closet full of Hulkaroos. It's like he's waiting for the, for the Holocaust <laughs> or, or Y2K or something. Oh, yeah. They're the only things that outlast a Twinkie. Hulkaroos, brother. Ah, uh, Hulkaroos. What you gonna do? That vintage 95 when flavor. them Hulkaroos. <laughs> you know, the place probably would have stayed in business a lot longer if it didn't sound like he was only pandering to children. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> yeah, probably. But at that at that point in time, even in 95, this was, you know, people think about it. This was before NWO. This was long before Stone Cold and Rock and DX. They, I mean, all of wrestling was kind of geared was at Hogan children. Was Hogan on WCW at the launch of oh, Nitro? Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Okay. That's the only way it makes yeah. sense. I just wasn't sure. I thought he came over somewhere further no, no, in. That's, uh, that's one of the biggest ways that they actually got to have Nitro was having Hulk Hogan. Um, and then, of course, uh, famously, Lex Luger, who WWF thought was working for them, right. showed up yeah. on Nitro. Ship. And nobody expected that, which was huge. I knew it. Pasty knew it. I knew he it. He didn't know it, folks. <laughs> but I did know I was going to kick your ass at All Out. I had a feeling you would, but as as I was watching the show, I thought I was going to take you this time, Pasty. Not so It was much. a close one. It definitely was a close one. I think this it kind of played out in the same ebb and flow as the last. Uh, yeah, I feel like all of them pay-per-views. have been pretty close, and you just end up mm-hmm. smacking me in the end. Uh, I like it when you smack me in the end. Hey, anytime, my friend. Wow. So did you guys watch All Out this weekend? I thought it was pretty damn good. It was. It was It was a good show. It was good wrestling um, that you could enjoy watching. It definitely topped the free pay-per-views. And I wasn't trying to complain about the free pay-per-views, no. but it definitely topped them. Free pay-per-views are like free food. You really can't complain. Worst case scenario, shut them off. Right. You know, free food, worst case scenario, just don't eat it. So we kick things off in the... Well, they don't call it a pre-show. The buy-in. They call it the buy-in. And it's the Women's Casino Battle Royale with cheese. Yes, in this Battle royal, the winner would receive a one-on-one shot at the inaugural women's title on the very first episode of AEW on TNT. We saw some uh, pretty decent surprises. Um, we knew Jazz was going to be there. Daniil Dashwood was just announced last week. Uh, one that wasn't announced that showed up was ODB. Yes! Fuck yeah. It just amazes me because, like, I don't even... I was so surprised by it, and I, I was marked out, and then I was like, why am I surprised by this? Awesome Kong's here, Aja Kong's here. It only makes sense you'd bring ODB back. Right. And, you know... Even if it is just a one-off. I hope it's not, though. They could have some good-ass triple threats. Oh, for sure. Or Fatal 4-Ways. Throw Nyla in there. Yeah, and she's, uh, you know, I haven't met a lot of female wrestlers that I really like, but uh, ODB is one of them. She is a Minnesota gal, and Pasty and I are both uh, Minnesota folks, whether I like it or not. And uh, I'd like to be her trailer park neighbor. Ah, yeah, they, oh, man, you would, she's got to be so fun to party with. <laughs> so what happened in this battle royal, Pasty? Uh, a bunch of people were eliminated, yeah. and uh, Nyla Rose won by eliminating Britt Baker. But Britt Baker was eliminated by, um, who's the one with the face? Allie. There you go. Allie was eliminated by Nyla Rose and hooked Britt Baker's arm. Did you just say who's the one with the face? That's what I said. (laughs) I think it's most of them. (laughs) (laughs) They'll have a faceless one soon enough. This is AEW we're talking about um, here. What was that? uh, uh, Was it (laughs) AEW? 88 Keys? Was that, yeah, 88 Keys. Remember, did you ever watch the old Dick Tracy movie with Warren Beatty and Al Pacino? No. Oh, no. they had a character on there called uh, 88 Keys, obviously played the piano, and uh, had no face. It was just, just, just looked like a giant bald head, like all the way around. <laughs> and come to find out, 88 Keys was wearing a mask. Oh, shit. And it was Madonna. <laughs> I'm not making that up. It was Madonna. That's good shit. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Allie hooked Britt's arm and they kind of fell out there at the same go. time. That's kind of cool. For Nyla Rose to get the win. I would have been yeah. fine with either one of those three. I really didn't expect them to go with Nyla Rose, but I, and some people aren't, but I am super 
excited they're going with Nyla Rose. I could see her being the first champion. She's obviously a great threat to whoever she faces on the first episode. And you know what? Just look, if nobody knew whatever there is to know about her, and maybe some people don't, so I'm not even going to say it right here, I don't think they'd hate on her as much. So just... No, I, I agree with you there, too. Because, I don't know, for me, it's just fun. Like, after this happened, watching the internet erupt over oh, it. Like, I know. But that's the internet. internet. All it does is brings in the attention, which is good for business. And, it's good for Nyla. It's And literally 50% of those are just trolls anyways that actually like right. her and just want to uh-huh. get attention. The ones who complain about everything, yeah, even if like it attention. is decent. Yeah. We all do. That's why I post pictures of my testicles, man. That's why we have a wrestling podcast. Oh, yeah. That's what I meant. <laughs> Sorry. Not enough people will reply to us in the groups, so we, we bring it to you here. <laughs> I'm going to edit out that testicle thing. <laughs> and then we had another buy-in match. So we had two buy-ins. Uh, Fat Mac was wrong. They didn't add a match in the buy-in. They didn't add a match on the main card. And and thank heavens, because this ended up being a fairly long show as it was. Uh, not as long as their last uh, double or nothing. And not as long as a WrestleMania. Um, I don't know where I stand on the length of it, but that's something to talk about at the end. But anyways, the second of the pre-show was a tag team match with Private Party defeating Angelico and Jack Evans. So, um, full disclosure... Yeah, I did not see that one coming. Full disclosure, I didn't see either... I I didn't see the pre-shows. I have a hard time watching pre-shows. I think anybody who's listened to us for a while understands that. So I, I really can't comment on any of these other than what I think about the results, but not the actual matches. <sighs> yeah, and I, I watched the pre-show, but I think I kind of was doing something else at the time, or it was like dinner time or something, because I don't 100% real remember anything about this match other than the entrance. Um, Surprised to see that's 11 minutes, 35 seconds, though. <laughs> Didn't think it was that long? Uh, no, no, because if I missed the whole match, you know, it's... I don't know. Private Party's good. Angelico and Jack Evans, they're they're um, they're um, the ones I'm watching. They're the ones I expect to uh, take the expressway to the top somewhere here in the next year. And I think we're going to see some really good stuff out of them. Yeah, I you know, like I mentioned in our predictions... We know that at least the Young Bucks are really behind Private Party. They've been tagging forever in AAA, and of course, they haven't for quite a while now because they've had such great solo careers, but when they were the uh, Los Gueros de Silo, they were winning titles and winning matches all over the place. So these guys, and they're so young still. Like, they had a long tag team career, a really long and good solo career, they could go as tag teams for another few years and break off into solos again in AEW. I know I would like to see them fighting each other. <laughs> Too right. That would be good. That would be so good. But I hope they stay a tag team for a while because I, I really like what they're doing and I think they can accomplish some good, good, good lucha things. Good lucha things. Yes. Damn it. Arm drag! <laughs> Then, uh, of course, we got into the main show. We started off with a six-man tag match. Again, SoCal Uncensored starts off the show. They defeated the Jurassic Express, is what they were calling them on the pay-per-view. 
Yes, indeed. That, of course, is the Jungle Boy, the Luchasaurus, and a Marco Stunt. Yeah, and I'm not 100% certain, but from the sounds on Chris Jericho's podcast about the behind the scenes of the thing, uh, Jurassic Express is, is, has been a thing since before AEW with the three of them, so... Uh, it could be. I don't we know. know that they trained it's, together. It's Jericho talking, so you know he only knows half of really what goes <laughs> on backstage. Yeah, we know that but. they that at least uh, Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy trained together. Um, mm. We know that Luchasaurus got his name and gimmick in Lucha Underground. I do know that Marco Stunt and Jungle Boy weren't at least on-air characters there, so they weren't together and there. And we do know that Luke Perry uh, attempted Died. to clone his son one time, and it was a failed experiment. And we believe that's where Marco Stunt came from. Yes. We're assuming. It just it <laughs> seems like it would be, you know. <laughs> seems like it would be. Uh, yeah, this one, I mean... This was a good. All he can do is floss. <laughs> I, I. Why won't you stop flossing, boy? I laughed so hard when he flossed. I laughed so hard when um, uh, Daniels flossed. Yeah. That was the best. <laughs> oh my gosh! Anybody wants to see what their dad yeah. looks like flossing? Just watch this. It was good. This, this one, this was a good pay per view opener. Uh, like I said, these guys, at least. Uh, SoCal Uncensored have opened before, and they're good. They're good openers. They're good pace setters. It didn't get too crazy, but it really allowed. And I, love, I just love like they're so goofy and corny. Like Christopher Daniels strut down to the ring with that fucking mic stand gets me every fucking time. And I love Remi- reminds me of my mom's goofy, stupid friends <laughs> from back in the day. And I love that the whole audience loves when they say this is the worst <laughs> town we've ever been in. Like they they just yep. they they talk along to it. They chant along with mm. it. They're the Bizarro World New Day. Yeah, yeah, for real. Mm-hmm. And everybody, you know, all all six of them got a chance to shine. Marco Stunt, probably more than he should have, but that's okay. Um, and everything they did was over. Like, the, the Dude, floss. Luchasaurus is hugely over in AEW. I'm expecting a, a title run for him sometime in the future. Ironically, he is. I, I don't see him with a, the world title anytime soon, but if they bring in a secondary title, I think he would definitely be there. Dude, people love that college-educated dinosaur gimmick. I love it so much. They like it. And it's not even a gimmick. It's just him being himself while wearing a dinosaur oh, mask. Oh, yeah. They like it. I just don't know that at this point he has the skill to, to be a champion. He Hey, he got shot down by WWE. Cody's going to push him to the moon. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> One thing you could say, obviously, these three guys, and by these three guys, I mean SCU, with them in the role as vets that can work with pretty much any and everyone and put them over, that works really well in these opening mm. bouts. I, I am okay, and I'm sure those three guys, maybe not so much Sky, because he, he's got more uh, more life ahead of him in the ring, but I think they'd be fine being these guys just, just opening and, and putting guys over, and that doesn't necessarily mean losing. Sky would not be where he's at though without without Daniels and Kazarian. No, no, and know? he's and he said that he said that yeah. open and honestly. Uh, at Jurassic Express, of course, that's that's a really fun act. Everybody's behind it, like you said, and and honestly, Pacey, this is you mentioned New Day. This is AEW's marketing fucking push right here. Uh-huh. Push yep. the Jurassic Express, maybe more so, boy, and his dinosaur. Honestly. I think you agree with me. I could use less of Marco Stunt myself. Yeah, he doesn't need yeah. to be in the ring at all. Me personally, unless he's getting Actually, beat up. I want to see Marco Stunt in more matches with like Janela and 
and Darby and yeah. Yeah, put him with the hardcore guys and just let him get beat up a bit. That's what he's there for. He's there to job. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I'd use him sparingly. I, How I'd would you love to see him sparingly. win the AEW championship and not be able to lift it up? I, I would not, because this is not <laughs> WWE. So I'm hoping not. <laughs> Well, they didn't say it was a heavyweight championship, so the weight classes are out the window. I know, but you should at least have talent, pasty. So yeah, you pulled it into the early lead here because you picked SoCal Uncensored, and I did not, but you were right. They needed a win at this juncture, yeah. and they got it. And Jur- Jurassic Express is over. They don't need to win. And at this, yeah, and at this juncture, they probably shouldn't be going over. I don't think SoCal needs to win either. No, but but, but Jurassic, it's a good thing they did. Jurassic Express shouldn't be going over mm-hmm. established talent at this point in their tenure. They should work their way up. It's yeah. when they do, it should be after a few losses, and it should be kind of an upset, like out of nowhere, you know. Yeah, and then you can build on that and let them get experience and let them get confidence. Hmm. No, it's a, uh, one thing. A lot of people are complaining because they're pushing the more established wrestlers and they're not really pushing the, uh, the younger guys, but that's because they're building the younger guys, and that's how you do it. You have to do it that way. Yeah. Um, and, and it's There has to be a deep end and a shallow end of the pool. And it's a hard, hard tightrope to walk, as both TNA, WCW, and even WWE have shown in the past, pretty much every wrestling promotion. It's hard to know when to stop pushing the established and who to bring up as the young guys. It's it's a really mm-hmm. difficult thing. Uh, I, I There isn't a formula. You can't look at this and say X, Y, Z equals. It doesn't work that way in wrestling. It's oh, a I lot of guess first, and check. First class of young guys to bring up. I think Adam Page has already graduated from that class, but I will say him. I will say you push him. You push uh, MJF. You push Joey Janela. Because I don't know why he's rough around the edges, but I see money all over that kid. Might just be the glasses, but I think there's more to it that makes him scream macho man in my head. I guess I really don't see Joey Janela as a uh, up-and-comer. I kind of see him as a vet to work off of the folks. I suppose, but this is the first time he's actually getting real exposure. Kind of, at least for the mainstream, correct. But, I, I mean, that's I guess that's everybody other than Jericho. Yeah, yeah. And Cody. <laughs> nobody's gotten real exposure. I mean, the Bucks. Nobody. Well, the Bucks nobody and who Omega. Watches, nobody watches WWE knows Omega so or the Bucks. Uncensored. Nobody who watches but, WWE knows SoCal Uncensored. I suppose, but I mean, Janela. It's not like Janela came up through New Japan or through Ring of Honor or Impact. No, but he uh, sold out those spring breaks all the time, and they were big. They were some of the biggest independent shows ever, and that was an annual thing that everybody looked forward to and had the biggest independent wrestlers. I mean, when yeah. you're promoting your own shows, that kind of puts you up there, doesn't it? Yep. I think so. I, I, I consider him an OG. I'm trying to sound I know cool. he's been around for a while, but like I said, to me, he's he's still pretty fresh. I, and, I, I don't it. know. I, I hear you. And he's still, like I said, rough around the edges. And, and you can't really call him a veteran if he's rough around the edges. Well, one, one person that we know could use a little extra work and they probably should push as an up-and-comer and, and I think they should make way for is Tully Blanchard. I mean, he hasn't proven himself yet. He's got years <laughs> right. ahead of him. I think um, this young upstart, he's he's got miles ahead of him, Pasty, for sure. <laughs> We're going to get into that a little bit later. <laughs> well, what can we get into, Pasty, right now? 
Oh, we can get into nap time. I don't know why. I just guess I was exhausted. And the familiar sound of Kenny Omega's theme song came on. And at this juncture, I, I don't know that I like Kenny Omega's theme song that much. It's good. But it's, I don't know. I prefer, I would say my favorite theme song is, is Cody's out of all of them. Okay. Um, maybe that's just because it's the one you actually got audibly got to hear every pay-per-view. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I did doze during this match. I do feel bad about it. I want to go back and watch it. But then when I heard that they were both upset because they went over and they didn't get to do a bunch of their stuff. I'm like, well, maybe maybe the next match will be the match to watch. They didn't go over. They just didn't get as much time. They, yeah, they, how do I want to say it? They didn't go over, so they weren't able to get all their stuff in. Mm-hmm. They quit when they were supposed to, but they had planned for more stuff to happen. But they weren't allotted enough time to put it all in. So they planned for more time than they were allotted? Correct. <laughs> That's but, well, just like, and that's why they were put on second. Just like WWE, though. I mean, I, I'm, you know, sometimes you don't know until that day right. who's getting what time, when, where, why. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, with um, them being second on the card, it's probably a wise decision not to let them go over. One thing I will say for you sleeping through this, you're lucky because you missed out on all three fucking announcers calling Pac. Hack the whole fucking I heard time. that during his entrance, and that might have been what lulled me to sleep. Oh, Pac! Oh, look at Pac! Oh, this Pac! He's some... Oh, Pac's been around forever. Oh, remember, Pac couldn't make it on the last... Oh, here comes Pac! Look at Pac shooting surprise. Oh, that Pac! He's a hell of a... Kenny Omega has Pac! It's fucking Pac! There's three of you! Did nobody fucking tell you what his name was? God Damn it! <laughs> that just irked me. This whole match, and this was a really, really, really good match, and that irked me so much. God, maybe they just don't do it so he doesn't like get an inflated ego. You know what I mean? Fucking pack my ass. <laughs> you ain't the shit here yet. <laughs> oh, a pack, This was this was a really, really good match. I really liked this. Um, this match, I gave an A in, in my personal notes because there was there was so much to this. Uh, these two worked. I, I honestly think this is better than it would have been with Moxley. Yeah. For sure. Um, it, there was a good layout for the match, and at the very end, they stringed together so many moves with the home stretch, and I did not see the end coming. Did you see the end, Pasty, or no? I don't believe so, no, but it was, it was a DQ, wasn't it? No. No, no, he ended up putting on, um, it's almost like an octopus-type uh, hold. It's called the Brutalizer, is what Pac put it, put him on into. Arms and legs like a surfboard, or what? Uh, no, not like a surfboard, more like he's, uh, more like if, if Kenny Omega was giving him a fireman's carry. But Pac, but Pac was hurting him. Huh. Yeah. Anyways, and uh, he ended up um, he ended up passing out, so he won by submission. Kenny Omega actually passed out. I, I loved nice. that finish. I thought it was good. I don't think anybody saw that finish coming. Even if you thought Pac was going to win, I don't think you right. thought he was going to submit Kenny. And obviously, yeah. Kenny didn't or tab, p- but pass him out. Yeah, yeah. Still, he won with a submission. Yeah. Kenny could not get out of the submission and lost. So. Uh, that's good. I love the fact that the Omega loser angle that is continuing. That should, as a technicality, benefit Kenny Omega's record, though, shouldn't it? 
more than an actual um, loss? It's. I guess it's. I don't know. I. I, think, I I'd bet somewhere in the fine print. I guess it's only like three quarters of a loss or something. To me, even what I put in the notes is I like that this actually extends the Omega loser angle, and yeah. I and I hope that this means we're going to see. Honestly, I hope this means we're going to see more of Pac and AEW sooner than later. Because they well, that's what really it sounds like. It sounds Pac like he's over. there to stay. And they then, and then right after this fact for the post show, he went and he called out uh, Paige and said that he was the next one on his list. Right. So this... I came back to AEW for a reason. So from what we reported last week, I have to say we're probably wrong. Well, because it sounds say, like he's going to be back for at least a handful of matches. Let's say Meltzer is probably wrong because we just told you what Meltzer told us. Yes. But we um, reported it, and therefore I think we take a little yeah, bit of that. There too. was a there was a pretty big there was a pretty decent botch here when they tried to do a inverted backwards Hurricane Rana. Sometimes what called this show a poison needs is a Rana. Noise. That's a Meltzer disclaimer, and so when we're going to read a Meltzer thing, we play this noise. Right. We, we can we can do that, and um, so so that was kind of a big botch. But with everything these guys did and everything these guys do, didn't bother me at all. Didn't bother me at all, Pacey. Didn't bother me at all. It was fun. It was fun. They, oh, also, I don't know when, I don't know if this is a Dragon, oh, excuse me, I don't know if this is a Dragon Gate thing or what, but his Red Arrow finisher is no longer called Red Arrow, and it's called Black Arrow, and I actually like that. They didn't change it a lot, but they just changed it enough so it wasn't the WWE version, and it still, it not only gets the point across, I like it better, especially when he's a heel. Yeah, it definitely fits the heel persona more. Yeah. I dig it. I'm okay yeah. with it. I did wake up just in time for the Cracker Barrel Clash, Fat Mac. Ooh, you got to be careful with that word, Pasty. Um, <laughs> the, the, that, uh, the, that footballer over in um, the Raiders is getting in trouble for that. Ooh, might, get, might get kicked off. He's getting fined. The Cracker word? Oh, it's a racial slur, Pasty. Oh, a black guy said it to a white man, which that's the way it started. I thought, <laughs> well, he's getting in trouble for it. I mean, if you think about it the other way around, I mean, the other way around shoes on the other foot. So, uh, I, 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 fuck, I'm a white guy named Pasty. You call me whatever the fuck you want. All right, cracker. Get your ass going. Talk <laughs> about the match. Cracker ass cracker. <laughs> Jimmy Havoc defeated Darby Allen and Joey Janela. Damn it, Pasty. Neither one of us picked him. No, no. <laughs> no, we didn't. I don't know. There's something about Havoc. I really like him, and then he takes off his mask. And I'm like, wow, you look like a puss. He looks, well, he looks normal. Like, he looks yeah, like somebody like you'd hang normal. out with, right? I guess, I guess, like, it could be a Bates thing, but then why go with the whole hiding your face and having the, you know, yeah. the Marilyn Manson vibe? Be Bates, then. Be too normal. Or, you know what I mean? Or, or keep the mask on. Come like, down with, like, a Mr. Rogers kind of thing. I guess that'd be too Bray Wyatt. But well, Bray Wyatt doesn't wrestle as that angle. Yeah, or just keep the mask on. Because, like, look at Darby Allen. Yeah, I bet if Darby Allen... I've been wondering that the whole time. Allen like, why the fuck doesn't he just keep it? If wiped all the paint off and combed his hair back, he'd probably look pretty nerdy, too. Right? Yeah. Oh, Darby Allen looks like three-quarters of the kids I smoked pot with in high school. He looks like three quarters of of, a, of multiple people, so like they're missing <laughs> limbs or what? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit! Frankenstein's monster, Mary Shelley. Weird. Shit. Holy buckets! Yeah. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> Darby Allen's skateboard fucking spot was dope with the the 
fucking glued on thumbtacks or whatever the fuck it was. <laughs> oh yeah, the thumbtacks is. They I had mean, this to be was... glued on because they came off onto Joey. Oh, Miller they, they or were glued on. This was. <laughs> This was the match. I guess we should start at the start where where Jimmy Havoc started the match by stapling his own head. <laughs> Somebody gonna shut the fucking door? Thank you. Thank you, Cyrus. I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna Hey, just go to the bedroom because I'm gonna edit this out. You guys yelling or whispering stop it lightly is not gonna help. It is. Stop it, 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 stop it. That's what the dogs are saying. <laughs> I know, right? I'm just kidding. I love you guys. Shut the door, though. Hey, put the dogs in the bedroom, please. Hello? You want to you wanna, you wanna put some marks on this for me, please? Yeah, I already got it. I, I don't know if they put the dogs in there or not. I don't know where we were at either. Thirty-seven ten. Well, I mean, I don't know where we're at. Oh, talking. I said we got to start at the top when when Jimmy Havoc came in and fucking staple gunned himself. Oh yeah, no. staple. Yeah, we're at the staple gun. Yep, yep. Go yeah, ahead. yep. Bring it in. That's what I said. I already oh. said it. It's oh, already fuck. been said. Well, fine. You want me to? Okay. React. React to me saying he stapled himself. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I might just leave that in, actually. I'm going to edit yeah. this, and I'm going to edit this up before, but I'm just going to leave in that. Oh, no! Leave the laughter afterwards, too, just because. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me get the laughter out of my system, and I'll get back to it. Well, yeah, Ed, the staple gun has become kind of a trademark of his, which is, is good. I like it. I like it. I really dug... I always like... I put an asterisk on it because I'm also scared. But I like when they do the thumbtacks in the mouth because it looks yeah. visually so insane. But I'm always worried with as much bumps as they take. Like, God, you could just so much accidentally swallow one and that could just one could be devastating. But then he duct taped his mouth. <laughs> so he couldn't even, like, pretend to try to be cool with it. He had to keep them in there. Uh, the only thing that was the problem with that is the tape came off the first time. And then he literally had to sit there with his mouth closed, waiting for them to put more tape on it instead of spitting the the tacks out. So it was a slight botch. It was you know more of a malfunction. Um, but that in these kind of matches, you have to you really even more so than regular wrestling matches. You just you have to suspend belief. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. A little bit. Like when Jimmy Havoc put Joey Janela's leg through the Cracker Barrel. Yeah. <laughs> and I like the fact that they used that there was multiple Cracker Barrels and they used them, but yeah, pretty much every spot they kind of botched. I, I, they just didn't quite hit it the way they wanted to, which was kind of sad, but at least Cracker Barrel got their got their exposure. Yeah. This is this is what you expected. Um, I mean, every time these guys get in the ring, it's going to be a, a train wreck or a car crash. Yeah, hopefully would, in the greatest possible way. But this one, I don't think was. I think this one was a no. little more mild than the last ones. I don't I think, think Darby it was Allen's of the hardcore less brood, crazy. Though. He's more he's more daredevil like Jeff yeah. Hardy and less hardcore yeah. like Jimmy Havoc and Joey yeah. Janela for sure. I would agree with that. But, but his his backdrop with the Cracker Barrel was pretty good. 
Oh yeah, yeah. The yeah, the coffin drop. And yeah. for sure, I mean, you can't always have the non-stop action trying to kill each other every single match. You just can't. That no, doesn't if you work. had total non-stop action, you'd be TNA. That's true. That's true. But it was good for what it was. It was a fun match. The crowd got behind it. Um, this was the, in my opinion, probably the second worst Ooh. match on the card. Second worst match. Okay. Second worst match. I got a worst match, Pacey. Yeah, and it's the next match. Okay. <laughs> you know it was one of the two, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, and I think I agree with you fully. The, I guess the second match had like some kind of nice outcome at the end that made me happy. But well, let's uh, discuss that. Unless you got more to talk about Cracker. Uh, just, I gotta bring it back full circle to the skateboard with the thumbtacks. That was badass. It was. You don't see enough skateboards in wrestling. No, I'm just gonna no, say I, that right and now. If Darby Allen is gonna play with these guys more often in AEW. He needs to bring that skateboard back every time he does. Just like Jimmy brings that fucking staple gun in the paper to paper cut. The I'm only so thing is, over the fucking paper cuts by now. I I agree. It, it needs to be brought out every now and then, not every Everybody match. Everybody in the world knows that every time you do that, even if you did it in real life to yourself, you're not going to paper cut yourself nine times out of ten. You exactly. Know what I mean? It's Ex- just that yeah. one time, and so you do it every fucking match. It's one like, thing about the skateboard, it's like Dean Ambrose turning himself around in the ropes and coming back. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. One thing about the skateboard, in a match with where you have a skateboard and there are barrels, you should have fucking jumped a barrel. I'm yeah, just saying. Yeah. I'm just saying. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Skater day. Skater day. And then we had um, what I think was probably the worst match. I'm not going to say a bad match. This was a match for a buy in the tag team title tournament. Again, this is part of the tournament to be in the tournament. <clears throat> I guess. <laughs> yeah. Which is fun, and we like it. Whatever. Dark Order it's the won. buy-in for the tournament. It was Dark Order um, versus Best Friends, and um, Pacey and I both said Dark Order should win. I agree Dark Order should win, and they won. Yep. And I agree with that. I don't think that's bad at all. I'm not I'm not complaining about that. Uh, uh, you go first, Pasty. So you're going to complain about the end? I'm going to complain about... When when the minions had were gonna take Trent Brett out of the back, and my best friend in the whole wide world—that's right—he even stands over you, freshly squeezed orange Cassidy, came out and saved the day. Well, we aren't there yet. And then join your best friend. We aren't there friends. yet. Oh. We aren't there okay. yet. God okay. damn it, pasty. Okay. God damn it. Edit it out. No, that was the only it. part of the match I paid attention to. That's, that, that's about why the only, I went there. Yeah, anyway. that's about the only part. <laughs> this, this was a mediocre match at best, basically. Yeah. The crowd yeah. was not into it at all. Um, I, I, at this point, I see the Dark Order to AEW what Bray Wyatt was to WWE has a Duh, great uh, they're gimmick. Worse. They're worse. But cannot get over. Well, Bray Wyatt, no, because Bray Wyatt. Dark Order still hasn't done anything that makes me say, "Oh my God, they're awesome." Yeah. 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 So they have a chair made out of men. Yeah. 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 That's that's what it is to me. I, don't I think know. I think they're a great team. The gimmick is not connecting though. The gimmick is not connecting. Um the finish just was dead. Nobody gave a shit. They weren't not only were they not excited for the finish, they didn't even seem happy it was over. They just didn't even want it to be there at all, I think. I I mean, I think. I mean, I 
think. And this is a match that seemed like was it Sean Stasiak who thought he was an alien? That was when I wasn't watching. If that happened, son, it was ruthless aggression era. I know. Yeah, I wasn't. But around that's there. what the Dark Order equates to to me, and has since day one. Well, Until they it? prove something. Pacey, this is a match that had tornado DDTs, atomico sentons, uh, 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 rolling German suplexes, four fifty splash uh, splashes. This had so much good moves. This is man. This is something that up-and-coming wrestlers need to watch. And folks, I'm not a wrestler, and I hate to I hate to critique people that, that work so hard inside the ring and put so much into their shit, and I sound like an asshole and a pompous bitch when I say these things. But really, watch this match and see how you can put on so many great moves and not tell a story at all. And these guys did not. So if you don't have anything more, yeah, let's jump to the post-match paste. All right. Yes, post-match. The Minions had, I believe it was Trent Beretta, dragging him on out when my best friend, freshly squeezed Orange Cassidy, comes out and saves the day. It's pretty great. And now he's uh, the third member of Best Friends. Yeah, yeah, and and they gave a little which backstory is, to it, which is cool. I think it's going to be really fun just watching their like their segments of like who's the best friends. You know, I mean, there can only be two, so which two are the best friends? And like everybody's, I would assume they're both going to be vying for Cassidy's friendship, right? It'll be fun. Maybe, maybe not. Um, Cassidy, of course, showed a little more here than he has in the past. He wasn't um, he wasn't blasé. He just didn't take his Hands out of his pockets. Mm. Um, another, another Jr. Take your pill and go to bed. Moment <laughs> was uh, Excalibur saying, "Oh my God, he did a suicide tope without even taking his hands out of his pockets." And Jr. Followed with, "We don't know if he doesn't have holes in his pockets. He might have holes in his pockets. What the fuck does that mean, Jr.? What the fuck does that mean? He still didn't take him out." What are you saying? He's, he's fucking... He's jerking his jimmy? That's even more impressive. I'm sorry. Like, I don't get... He might have holes in his pockets. What the fuck, JR? Who... What? I don't get what well, you're his hands saying. Are in his pockets if there's holes in his pockets. Well, they're pockets. still in his pockets. No, they're just they're even outside. farther they're in. in his pants. They're but not in his pockets. If there's a hole in your pockets and you're in your pant legs, isn't that a giant pocket at this point? No. Because it falls out your ankle. He wasn't grabbing his ankles. <laughs> I could tell you that right now. No, Orange Cassidy would never put in that much effort. For all of the... For as much credit and respect I have for JR, and I do, and his podcast is slowly becoming more of a favorite of mine than even Bruce's, because JR just fucking tells you what he feels. He's not good for the young generation of wrestling. um, He rambles on his podcast sometimes, and I get sick, and, and he loses his train of thought. And sometimes they'll be talking about a subject, and he goes back to a subject three fucking questions ago and answers mm. that again. And it's, again, it's like, take your pill, JR, go to bed. But I like the fact that he's just open and honest. And he's open and honest about AEW on his podcast. He tells you the shit he doesn't like about it. Yeah. He's upfront about it. Whether that's good or bad, I don't know. But, yeah, they need to get him off the... the he, he shouldn't be on their weekly show um, and then I'd say put him on half the pay-per-view, the big, the big matches. Yeah. And Select with people, matches. he knows who they are. He kept asking. They, 
you know, Excalibur was like, oh my god, it's Orange Cassidy. And about five minutes later, JR was like, who is this guy? <laughs> Excalibur, yeah, it's Orange Cassidy. Well, 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 yeah, but I mean, who is he? <laughs> my god, they showed him the last pay-per-view, JR. Didn't you watch it? <laughs> He doesn't. Yeah, I, I love Jr. No, I, I no, sound like JR a doesn't asshole, do the buy-ins. He comes in at the very end of the buy-in. So when it was the battle uh, royale, he totally missed it. I get it, but I just I know I sound like an ass, and I love Jr. I really do. I don't think he is the greatest. Um, I don't think he's as great of an announcer as a lot of people think. But he was the announcer was. during the Attitude Era, he and so was. people put him there. That's the way. I, that's the way. Like I said, he he's not good for young wrestling. He is good for the era of wrestling that he called and he has nothing but respect for. But I would I would dare say, Pacey, that JR was really good in the 80s and early 90s in NWA WCW. I wasn't a, the biggest fan of his in, in WWE. I, I don't knock it, but I mean, he was the better he's in WCW. For is his quick yells of, of bah, God, and yeah, shit like that. But that's that, because that doesn't that's, mean he's a great announcer. Yeah, that's because that's when more people were watching at the time. Yeah. 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 I thought his best work was before that, but um, we got way off topic here, but this yeah, is... Yeah, we did, and we the, need to... The thing is, it, it, it's all about Orange Cassidy. Nobody gives a shit about um, Best Friends or Dark Order at this point. Actually, I, Best Friends oh. came, came around to me more often lately, and now that Orange Cassidy is with him, I'm on. I'm fully on the boat. I'm not huge on any of the three, but I'm I'm still I'm willing to give anybody a chance. I do want to say one thing, and I, I got this in my notes, and I have to say it, Pacey. AEW has done the fucking lights out thing in almost every one of their shows so far. It does have its place, but man, this was played out way back in the fucking 90s. They need to stop fucking doing the lights out. It's old, it's tired, be original, find something better. Do it once a fucking year, maybe, but you don't have to do it every, every single show except for maybe one they've done this. Yeah. I don't like it. I think it's I think it's lost its luster. Yeah. That's me. I'm sorry. Oh, I got something I, I, I'm going to say a little later hey, on fucking, in the night. Okay, so. you let it out, buddy. Oh, I will. I want you to let it flow. Well, that's later. Okay, well, what do we got now? Well, winner receives a one-on-one shot at the inaugural women's title on the first episode. Against Nyla Rose. Against Nyla Rose. And, of course, Riho defeated Hikaru Shida. Obs. I would say obs. Yeah. Totally. Not in the bad, not in the bad way. Not in the no, bad way. No. But she's like the darling of the women's division, I think. Oh, in most she's my eyes. darling, and not even in a sexual way. I just mean in a wrestling way. Hmm. I'm, I just, I'm, I've, I've fallen her, in love with her. Her, her and Nyla and are going to put on such a good match. They're going <laughs> to put on such a good match. They are right now my two favorite women in AEW, so I'm so, 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 so happy that they're in the in this. Because I'm going to be happy with either one of them. As I said, I think pre-air pasty, I'm rooting for Riho just from her background and her ring work, but I'll be super okay with either one of them. Honestly, like the backlash that Nyla gets just for being who she is, is, is pathetic, but there's a lot of it. Yep. I think I think they're going to let the mass people think that she's going to win it, and I think Riho's going to take it in the end. But I'd be okay with uh, with all the backlash coming. They just stick it no, to everybody right. and let Nyla fucking win it. Right. I'm okay with that, too. Yeah, I, yeah. This is people the best be case scenario. All, all it does is draws more attention to AEW in general. And the worst thing is, the worst thing is because I, I love... 
I love real wrestling fans, and I hate human beings. And how I'm going to explain this is, real wrestling fans are super excited to see Riho and Nyla Rose in a match together, and real wrestling fans are going to be super happy with either one of them being the first women's champion of AEW for different reasons. But human beings, if Riho wins, is going to say the only reason Riho won is because of Nyla Rose's past, which, again, Mm. we're not going to bring up here, but we're just going to say this. And if Nyla Rose wins, everybody is going to bitch and say it's because of Nyla Rose's past. Mm. Uh, Human beings are going to bitch no matter who wins. The exact same human beings. Oh yeah, gonna bitch either not way. even just human be- wrestling fans. <laughs> They're well, gonna bitch about so. every- I think wrestling, I think wrestling fans, fans are the most think- negative, one of the most negative groups of people I've ever been a part of. See, I disagree. I think those are human beings who watch wrestling. I think wrestling okay. fans Filthy are casuals. gonna be happy. I I don't know. No, I don't even think it's the casuals. I think it's the diehards, pasty. But I think they're. I don't. I, I don't know how to say it better than they're just human beings. I don't like human beings. They're disgusting creatures. I like people. I love people. So many people. Human beings are disgusting. Just fucking disgusting. I have a story that I'm not going to tell right now. I might say it when we're done, pasty, about a guy at work, and it just. I don't like being a pale native because people will say the most fucking racist things to right. me, and not I'm just. Knowing. And I can't punch them. <laughs> I want to, but you I can't. You no, could. no, I can't. No. I got a, I got a son and other kids that I have to take care of who aren't even mine, so I can't. But that's neither here nor there. Um, let's talk about the match, pasty. We've we've just talked. All we've talked about is the pre and, and the post. What about the match? <laughs> that's how big this is. This is huge. It was a solid match. I don't know. I don't have a whole lot to say about it because I was focused on other things. Okay. Well, I'm going to say this. I thought the first thing I noticed visual from the very beginning, visually, the size difference played a huge part for fans who are unfamiliar with these two because mm. easily it positioned Riho as the baby face and Sheeta as the heel without anybody having to know and being being fed that information. You know, people who aren't familiar with them, they knew right away. Riho's the face. She's working uphill to take out I want to see Riho as a heel. And this was... I loved this. This was amazing. This is what you wanted. They had great pace, great back and forth action, told a story. You left this match believing that Riho deserves to be the first AEW Women's Champion but I think both of them held back just enough that the match on the first episode on TNT can be better than this. Uh, fast-paced, strong story. Both were excellent performers. I I love this match. It wasn't the best match of the night, but it was uh it was up there for it me. It was the best women's match of the night. Too right. <laughs> Best women's match on the main card. Mm-hmm. That was a good match. I'm glad Riho won. Uh, I thought since the jump that she was going to be at least in the title picture for the first title spot. So it's good to see that come full circle. I was happy. Um, up next, we had the grudge match with Cody and a secret partner. Versus Sean Spears and Tully Blanchard. And who would have known that Cody's secret partner would have been a trekker? 
Right. They are all dressed up as Star Trek, which is pretty cool. Do we cool. know what that was about? Is Fox running the new Star Trek series? I don't think so. Not Fox. TNT no. would be. They're not doing it. Are they, are they with the CBS, thing? though? It's CBS. The CBS owned... I think it's NBC USA, but I could be wrong. NBC USA, but TNT... Oh fuck Could yeah, TNT! Sorry, sorry, man. There's too many. Oh, there's too many initials, <laughs> acronyms everywhere. All I see is letters. I feel like Jim Carrey in Twenty Three, but it's letters. Uh, yeah, you're right. I, I don't know. I, I didn't. They never explained. I, that's another thing. I, I mentioned this before, and I'm going to mention it again. They don't explain things to people mm. that they should. Why are they coming out dressed as Star Trek? Does it have something to do with uh, who you're in business with? Is Cody a huge Trek fan? Uh, you know, what? I think they just I like to do special costumes for wrestling fans because they know wrestling fans are nerds. Which is cool. I, I dig that. I mean, mm-hmm. just but just say, some, just say something. <laughs> say something! Well, I mean, when you're going into a match with Sean Spears with Tully Blanchard... Why are you going to pick MJF as your guy? You're one person to bring in. Am I, I the was, only one who thought he was going to pick the dog? I thought so, too. Okay, I was thank hoping you. He would. Thank you. I thought he was going to pick he the dog. He probably was going to pick the dog until the dog fucked around in the entranceway and didn't want to come out. And he's like, oh, fuck you, dog. I'll take I, MJF. He, he's at least obedient. One thing I want to say, and I'll explain it later on when we get to it, or maybe right now, I don't know. But I think that was the biggest mistake of this whole match, <laughs> was him picking MJF. I think it ruined the match. MJF doesn't know how to manage it. That definitely showed. Well. And it didn't, it just didn't didn't make sense. And it didn't play out in anything. MJF didn't turn on him. And then MJF got made to be a bitch by Tully Blanchard, which is not good for MJF. See, honestly, I thought that this match advanced the Cody MJF story and not really the Cody Spears story. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Spears. I think Spears did well as a heel. Um, I'm still. I'm still waiting to see what he's got. You know what I mean. I, I'm. Not, I'm still not sure. Dig the whiteout um, contact lenses on uh, Sean Spears. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. It works. I don't, I, I don't know if I dislike them or like them. I'm not saying they're bad. Um, Cody, I still feel is a much better heel than a face, and I think this showed again. Hmm. Uh, the small teases that MJF might turn, I really liked them. And with him constantly, like, accidentally distracting the referee at the most inopportune times for Cody. And uh, I, that was cool. The Arn Anderson cameo and Pacey, did I not say mm. Arn Anderson worked there? He should be the... I, th- I thought he yeah. was going to be the second. I thought he was. But he came out. It would have made sense with Tully Blanchard more than and Arn Anderson. Yeah. Um, the crowd popped, though. They knew who he was, mm-hmm. which I, I was worried about. The best part, though, was when I love that he, he did what he had to do, and then he walked away, and he told told Tully, not now, Tully, but soon, or something like that. I want and then to Tully see that. still followed him out of the arena, like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Right? What's going on, man? <laughs> but are we I, getting I, the boys back together? <laughs> to me, this to me this match was more about MJF and Cody than Spears and Cody, and this had the it was biggest more about story. Arn and Tully, that's going to well, be the next well, big yeah, match. Either, those two were oh bigger my God. than Cody and we, Spears. We all bitch about WWE wanting to bring in some fifty-year-old guys to wrestle, and this is going to happen. And, uh, and and I'm not going to say that's even 
bad because when done correctly, I don't dislike it. When no, done no. correctly, Rock and Roll Express still has good matches. Yeah, but with with the fact that this had the biggest story heading into it, this had the least story mm-hmm. in the match, and yeah. that's super disappointing. One thing I do, I, I appreciate about Cody is every one of it. I mean, this was lacking in story, but it was still the most story match out of the pay-per-view. And I don't I think, think that's, so. I, I like that you can go into a Cody match expecting a story. Well, do you mean the most storied match? Do you mean the most storied match going into? E- yeah. Because, I mean, Completely. it just kind of, yeah. oh, I, I didn't agree. really do a whole lot. But still, like, I like that Cody's whole thing is, like, he's not the best wrestler. But he can make you feel shit with stories. Okay. But I, I still feel there were matches that told more story than this one. Probably. But I mean, the story going into it and, and what will still come from it. I don't know. I, I definitely, I assume that and there honestly, are more matches every time I think on the way Cody, between I these two. right back to Cody versus Dustin. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. So I understand them holding back some. Hmm. But it... it too little. You can boil it down to one sentence, Pasty. Too little wrestling, too much interference. Yeah. Hmm. I think. Um, I think. Yeah. But we go from that, which was was somewhat of a letdown. I think to everybody. Uh, I, I would assume to Cody and Sean it was probably a letdown. I think they went to the back saying maybe it wasn't their worst match, but saying God, we could have done better. We went into the Escalada de la Muerta. Oh, for the AAA yeah. tag team titles, Lucha Brothers defeating the Young Bucks in a Death Ladder match for the tag titles in a match where I said, holy shit, Nick Jackson is still alive. Yeah. <laughs> now, keep in mind, he never got into the match after he took that botch. But I haven't heard anything since about him being injured, so he must have just really knocked himself yeah, he silly. Got, and, he got really lucky. He, they, I uh, watched interviews after the fact. Uh, and he had for said those he, who, who don't know what we're talking about, I'll just ex- explain what happened. This this match had so many spots in the best ways. But in what is a normal ladder match spot, Nick was on the top of the ladder, and I want to say it was... Uh, Penta El Cerro or Pentagon Jr. that pushed the ladder over onto what what was supposed to be on the two ladders set outside the ring. But when Nick was falling off the ladder onto those tables, his feet caught the top rope, mm-hmm. and so it jerked his head down. So he hit the first table. It was table, almost as bad as the Enzo bouncing out the ropes thing. Almost, because he went head first onto the side of the one table, and then I think he got his hands up, but still head first, maybe mm. with his hands blocking onto the ground. So he hit hard. Instead of hitting flat with his like belly or back, he went head first down. It was not good. It was scary. Um, he got super woo. lucky. Super lucky because that could have been it, so bad. Exactly. We could have been talking about a, a death, if not a career ending injury. Mm. And it didn't. So that's cool. Um. We had a uh, Canadian destroyer off of the top of the ladder onto a table, which again looks so Mm. scary, but I've watched it multiple times, and and what's funny is when you first see it, it's like, holy shit, that's the scariest looking move ever, and I've watched it multiple times now, and the way these two guys worked, it looks like the most safest move ever. Holy shit, if they did not take care of each other. (laughs) I was like, wow. 
I would take that move from these guys. That is amazing. We had a. Uh, I liked. I gotta also say I like the Bucks' entrance with their lucha masks. Lucha. And the 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 Seto Meadow and then the Seto Huevos. That was good. Classic I, Bucks. I gotta say that I didn't watch this live and I skipped every entrance, so I don't know what anybody's oh, no. entrance was. They the had, they had like Lucha know, masks, but they were like Buck skulls and they had antlers on them. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I do know one entrance thing that I have a beef with, and we'll talk about that later, and you know what it is, Pasty. I'm assuming. We haven't talked about it, but I th- I would hope you yeah. have the same beef yeah. with it. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. Um, on the same page. Yeah. Yep, you know exactly what it is. I think we're all on the same page now. That was good. I like that. Uh, one thing that was cool that you don't see a lot of is they did a lot of tandem moves in this, but it was Nick and Phoenix doing the exact same move to mm. Penta and Matt, or it was Penta and Matt doing the exact same move to Nick and Phoenix. Yeah. Which was just, you don't see that. It wasn't them working together as a team. It was I them love both that, saying, was we like, can do the do same that to move. Him or I'm going to do this. And yeah. Like, both, fuck it, we'll both do it. This was, That was really cool. Mm. I, that got me into it. I really loved it. We got a, um, 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 Ooh, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for the word of uh, the move that uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi does. Sling blade, sorry. We got a <laughs> sling blade from one side of the ladder to the other ladder. We had Nick and Phoenix both hitting flying cutters. We had, uh, oh, we had a, a, a package of, of a zero fear onto the ladder. Yeah. Uh, Penta Penta did it to Matt. Um which was the the last movie did to Matt before both him and Phoenix came up and got the titles. Again, Nick was down. I feel like they called an audible because Nick was down a good chunk of the end of the match. Yeah. Probably so like think, the last third even. Yeah. So I think they called an audible, but they did a great job of not making it noticeable to where the second time I had to watch it the second time to realize Nick didn't get back into the match after that botch. That's a good thing they kind of look the same, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, so many good things in here. We're not even... This was like... This it, wasn't half of the match know, that we've we, talked we about. Watch, every year, we talk about Money in the Bank, and we're usually pretty impressed by that. But four men did more than what you see in a Money in the Bank here oh. at All Out. And it was a beautiful ladder match. But um, that's... That's kind of what makes this the best tag division in the wrestling world. Or is it? Because post-match, some dead presidents ran into the ring. Um, Bill Clinton's alive, look. Okay. Well, (laughs) after that that pedophile island shit, he's dead to me. (laughs) Yeah. That that works. I like that save. (laughs) Yeah, we had uh, we had JFK, John Kennedy, and Bill Clinton storm the ring. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they hit a street sweeper. <laughs> Pacey, legit. I was not sure who this was. To be honest, it should have been obvious. Yeah, no, I didn't know until they put the mask But I wasn't sure. I, when they hit the street sweeper, I knew who it was. I was like, oh, it's LAX. Um. They called them two. They called them two different names. 
the the internet is saying the name that they're going by, which was one of the names they called them, was the Barriquas. Which isn't bad, except for I think of Los Barriquas from uh, mid-90s WWE, and that wasn't the greatest faction. Mm. I don't dig it. The other name they called them, which, which came only um, from Excalibur, and it's probably just him speaking his native tongue, but I loved it, was... Um, the Los Puerto Ricanos. And I love that. I, I like the Los Puerto Ricanos because they're both Puerto Rican. Mm. They drop the Puerto Rican flag. And yes, I'm purposely rolling the R's, but that's how you should do it. It's respectful. And I like the name the Los Puerto Ricanos because it's just, it's, you know, it's just, it's giving it up. It's like, hey, USA. Hey, Canada. Hey, we're Russian. They're Puerto Rican. Why can't they be Puerto Rican? Right? Yeah. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of Boricuas, but it could draw on me. I love these guys. They could call themselves poop and shit, and I'll still vote for them, man. Actually, I still want to um, watch your match. Earlier, what was it? I don't was know. Was it really all the way on the first? Either ways. They they came up with their names. No, because that's not what I read earlier. This one says the Boricuas. Um, God damn it. it was, was it Los no, no, it was like two <laughs> two English words, and it was kind of stupid. Maybe it's oh. all wrong. I don't know. Either way, okay. I don't care, because it's Santana, Santana and Ortiz. And oh, I love it. Right now, as if they didn't have the best tag team scene in the industry, right now... They do now. <laughs> you've got the Young Bucks, who are your Matt and Jeff. You've got the Lucha Brothers, who are your... Edge and Christian. Edge it might Christian. switch around. It might edge switch Christian. around. No, those are your Edge and Christian. Yeah, yeah and, then, and then you've got the Dudley Boys in LAX. LAX or whoever. And yeah, honestly, I, I would agree. I bet any of these teams would beat those teams in their prime. Uh, 3D, I don't know. <laughs> I still stand by um, 3D, Dudleys, Dudley Boys, whatever you want to call them. I think are the greatest tag team in the history of tag teams. And this is, I mean, I'm, I'm an old school guy. I love the old school tag mm. teams. I love the original uh, Heart Foundation. I love the Brain Busters, um, Road Warriors, Midnight Express, Rock and Roll. Yeah, I love all of them. But, man, 3D, it's hard to argue. Mm. But, yeah, but, no, for sure, this is... One thing these guys are going to have over everybody is definitely the tag division. I said it before. I'm going to say it again. It, it doesn't have anything to do with this match, but they, to me, they're not doing as much with the uh, women's division as I was hoping they would. But, as I said, Nyla Rose, Riho, I couldn't ask for two better women, so mm. I'll, I'll give them that. Oh, we never mentioned either. They uh, they revealed the women's the AEW women's title belt. AEW is is going out of their way to make sure they have the most best looking belts in pro wrestling. Are they not pasty? Yes, yes, they That's are. That's an awesome fucking it's belt. It probably looks better than the the AEW championship. It does. We got one match left, pasty. We're Wait, going we didn't even talk about uh, talk about um, Pentagon being unmasked. Oh shit! That was one of the best spots. That in was the, uh, the that match. was amazing. It was amazing. Talk about the it when he was were, up on the ladder well, and, uh, I mean, and they whapped him. Just, just let him know, man. Or you he, want me to let him know? He, something happened so and then he pulled off his mask. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, he's climbing He's climbing the, the ladder and Matt's up there and he's just about to get it and Matt whoop, 
whips the mask right off. It was awesome. Penta, he stops, he covers. I like how easy it came off. Like, why doesn't it fall off of him more often? Right. It was obviously <laughs> a plan. But but I loved I loved that. That is a good gimmick <laughs> that they used in a ladder match that isn't used uh, often I thought all. it was cool because on the next episode of Being the Elite, the Bucks were talking about how, you know, they were playing the babyface role in the match and they weren't so sure if they should do it, but they're... Nick was like, well, we should do it because it's, it's like us. You know, it's the most Bucks thing they could think to do. But As they got faces. boos from the audience. Yeah, it's good. Immediately the audience booed. <laughs> that was cool. That mm. was super cool. And it's super cool that they did not show the face. All the camera people got away from him until he got his mask back on. So that was cool. It was respectful, but it was a cool spot. I want to see I one of their it. faces in one of these things. I want to see Rey Mysterio get unmasked and show his face. I just want to see it once. One thing I want to say before we move on is that um, I think this was the perfect length. It was less than 25 minutes, just short of less than 25 minutes. But still, I think if it would have been longer, it might have overstayed its welcome. Hmm. Um, if it would have been shorter, we might not have gotten as much in. It felt it felt the perfect, like, when it ended, it felt like it should have ended there. It felt like, honestly, it ended, it felt like a perfect match, and then with LAX coming out, it just made it even better. For sure. Uh, easily highlight of the night. So moving on from uh, the highlight of the night to um, a match. Yeah. This match had everything. <laughs> This this wasn't a bad match at all. No. This match could not follow the ladder match. We're going to get through the intro before we talk about the match, yeah? Um yeah, yeah, let's talk about the intro that I didn't see. Um all I know is about the name of the horse and that's what I have a problem I with. Don't so know go the, ahead. I don't know the name of the horse. I just know oh. he rode a horse down. I don't okay, know so tell me the, with it. Okay, you tell me the intro and I'll explain. Well, Adam Page came in riding a horse. That was it. Oh. And he didn't come into Old, Old Town Road. Okay. Which he probably should have. Is that is that a new is that his theme or was that just something you wanted? No, no, he's got oh, just some okay. western Why cowboy do you want that music. Old Town Road. Because he rode a Old horse. Town, do horses ride on roads now? I thought that was illegal. <laughs> okay. So you you haven't heard the horse's name. I have, but I just okay. The reason is because of something we talked about last week, which we said AEW needs to fucking stop doing because it just doesn't look good and it hurts them. And according to Adam Page, the horse's name that he rode down to the ring was Hunter Horse Helmsley. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. Ray we, we all know that's according to yes, Cody. Yes, we do know that. <laughs> not according. He just told Adam Page. Cody you named to, him. I'm not yeah, Cody named the fucker. Yeah. It's like, just <laughs> stop this shit. If, if WWE wants to keep slinging shit. No, honestly, it's too easy to compare Hangman Page to Triple H just, just right, right. visually. Don't don't make yeah, that connection I, anymore. That, that bothered me because we just talked about it. Just stop it. Just stop it. I it's not I think though. it's fun. It's not. I don't think it is, I guess. I can't I can't tell you it's not fun for you. I can tell you it's not fun for me. <laughs> um so into the match, basically. I wasn't sure what to expect. Paige 
they haven't built him well coming into this. They they built him as the underdog for no. sure. I mean, they did. They built yeah. him as well as they could. I mean, he had yeah, his own exactly. injury. They built and him shit. as the underdog, and Jericho's last few matches haven't been Jericho esque, but have been good. Mm-hmm. Jericho, I believe, is the only person in the company who's uh, got a lossless record. Um, Pretty yeah, close yeah, to it. yeah. He hasn't lost yet, uh, but he I, he's not the only one. Mm-hmm. There's people who have only had one match, pasty. I mean, obvi- uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, major name who's had multiple matches. This mm-hmm. went too long. If the ladder match didn't even hit 25, this went over 25. We didn't need over 25 minutes of uh, Hangman Page and no. Jericho. Could have gave six minutes to Omega and Pac. I mean, Pac. <laughs> what do you want me to call him? <laughs> yeah, the fact that it followed the ladder match really hurt it. Now, I don't agree with a lot of people on the internet saying the ladder match should have been the main event. No, I don't think so. But put no. it in the middle or put it as no. the opener. Don't put it right before the main event. That's going to kill it. Uh, you you should have put Cody in between. That'd be okay. Well, ladder match. No, I, I don't think so either. I think they have a hard time. I think what AEW hasn't figured out is how to book a show. You can't have your three top matches at the end. You're blowing your load at the end. I like it like but then that. Nobody cares. I don't know. The it's first like, thing it's is, like um, it's like at a fireworks show. It's like the the but grand that should be finale. Your main you know, event. It's, it's, uh, explosions a, everywhere. Yeah, that's that your main event. Be... But in a fireworks show, halfway through, they do a semi-main event where they do a whole bunch of them, and then they go back to doing one at a time, right? Or at least most of them I go to. It depends okay, on what fireworks show you go to, and I guess I guess it a depends on what wrestling pasty. show you go to. <laughs> I just I don't think I. No, honestly, the good ones are grand finale. I don't think your three final matches should be your three best. I think you should open with one of your best, not the best. I think the middle can have the best match, or at least one of them. Yeah. And then a, then two mm. matches in between. You have to have your popcorn match. You have to have your piss break match. You have you have to have that. Yeah. And then have either your best match or your second best match as the main event. The very first AEW title match had to be the main event. I'm not I'm not dogging that. I would have bitched if it wasn't. Right. But it shouldn't yeah. have followed yeah. the ladder match. Wouldn't matter the what ladder match, match could have opened. The, the ladder match could have been after SCU. The ladder match could have been after the abysmal fucking tag match with the Dark Order and brought everybody back up. That should have been the match oh, that was right yeah. before the oh, World Championship. Oh, I agree. Match. There, that's perfect, pasty. There you go. Dark mm. Order and Best Friends should have been right before the main event because everybody would have been so hyped to see two people they fucking wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, plus plus riding off that high of Orange Cassidy, he'd have been yeah, a good yeah, lead-in cool. for the main event. And, and the, the sad thing is, the layout was pretty good. The work felt pl- plotting. <laughs> I don't use the word plotting a lot, but I, I used the complaint. word plotting when I was writing this, because I thought of a fucking horse, which is ironic, because I didn't see the entrance, and I didn't know there was right. a horse, <laughs> but I thought of a big Clydesdale slowly walking and pooping. Dude, Chris Jericho is aged 40 you years in the great? last year. was when Jim Ross said, uh, I've called so many of Chris Jericho's matches, and this is the best he's looked in years. Uh, Jim I mean, Ross, he, take your... 
Man, he's lying Take like Trump pills, now, isn't go he? go to bed. <laughs> I love Chris Jericho, and I don't have a negative thing to say about this man. Because at 46 years, he's doing more than fucking so many wrestlers have ever done. I'm not dogging him, but he is not yeah. in the best shape since he's been no. to fucking WWE, let alone his career. Shut up, no, JR. He's, he's, I love you. He's definitely let him. So he's been to too many steakhouses. A uh, few too many. WWE. I think he needs to quit going to those steakhouses, I think. <laughs> we not need an intervention. Not a good thing. An intervention. <laughs> No, oh, my big is issue going- with this was when Hangman Page, I get it was for story to get the back from when Chris Jericho did it to him, but when Hangman Page spun around and hit him with the elbow, and it didn't bust him open, so Chris went out and bladed, but he didn't blade very well, and so they sat there trying to get it to bleed as good as Dustin bled, but it wasn't yeah. going to happen, and the whole thing was just stupid, and you shouldn't have bladed. I don't want to see you blade at every big event. I should not no, expect not, not one spot. You use it when it matters. If you'd have bladed during um, the the Cracker Barrel match mm-hmm. or the ladder match, that would have been cool. Yeah. But Chris Jericho does not need to blade. No, he might have he didn't wanted need to. to blade. You and tell he him can it's not blade a good, in certain I, circumstances. I just I was tacky, tasteless, and yep. had no point in this match whatsoever. Unnecessary, unnecessary, uh-huh. and it didn't. And it didn't help. work. It didn't work at all. No, it didn't. It did not help. It did he not wanted work. to be wearing a scarlet mask. He barely bled. He they they tried so hard and it wasted a lot of time. Yeah, it, it bled. It bled like a like a cheap like hard way, like when somebody accidentally yeah. hits your nose. I think too they hard were hoping for a hard way. A little. Honestly, I was so think, think I think they were hoping he hit him with the elbow enough to actually bust him open. Right. Uh, um, I, I do want to before we get to the end. I do want to end the match on on this note for myself, Pasty. Jericho being the first champion was the safe, and I'm just going to say it right here. Correct. It was right. Call. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said they were going to pick Paige. I wouldn't have been pissed if they would have picked Paige. But when it probably still going, would have been the correct call. <laughs> when you're go- well, when you're going on to national TV, we yeah. we talked about this last week when we mm. were talking about who it's going to be. There's no reason not to have somebody people no, know. Somebody and fully Jericho established. If you could get Hulk Hogan to be your first name champion, you do it in a heartbeat. You do yeah. it. Yeah, you do yeah, it. Because he is the biggest Only name one there. He's bigger than Cody. Be He's bigger than anybody. So yeah. and and everybody's done it. When I was at, when earlier today, I was going to go through and check at the first champions of each promotion, and, and, and I cannot. And I'm sorry, but I know like uh, Ken Shamrock for TNA, Ring of Honor had an old school guy as first one. I know when NWA turned to WCW, I think Ric Flair was their first champion, and he wasn't young at the time. You people, you, you do that because you have to get name recognition. Mm. It's all about commercial. It's all about the money. I'm sorry. Oh, Pasty, we've gone way over, yeah. but we're not done yet with this pay-per-view. We still have a few things to talk about. Um, so, first of all, Pasty won the pay-per-view. I did. He's won every single AEW the, fucking pay-per-view. I guess that makes me the AEW champion, doesn't it? I I guess all I think all of them, if not most of them, were only by one. Um, Pretty close, and maybe one was even by maybe one was even by a tiebreaker. I'm not sure. Uh, best match of the night, pasty. Definitely the ladder match. Oh, Escalera de la Muerte! Yes. I loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. 
Um, total grade for this pay-per-view pasty. I'm going B+. It was a good... I liked it. I liked the ride. I mean, you know me. I don't fully check into a, a pay-per-view. I, I'm just existing right. around it for the most part. But I, I enjoyed my time with it. And yeah, solid B+. I went through and I graded every match. I averaged out my match grades and I came to a B. But with some of the uh, issues that weren't match-related, I, I I had to knock it down. I had to knock it down. I'm going to make it a B-. Minus, hey, and I would be which, amiss which if we didn't bring up the fact that they had the first women's referee in a world championship match. I was Thank you. I was just, when we got into the final shit, I was going to say that. And I mentioned that to my son, and I think it's cool that I think this generation didn't realize that was a it big thing. It shouldn't be a big thing. Because I mentioned it to my son. I was like, paste, or I almost called my son pasty. <laughs> I should. I was like, Phantom. One thing that's awesome about AEW, they have a woman who is refereeing the main event of a match between two males. And he was like, so? I was like, no other wrestling company does that. I said, most wrestling companies don't have any female refs. Mm -hmm. And the ones that do are only for female matches. Gotta give credit to NXT where they come and play because they beat them to it. But... Do, do, do the females do some male matches on that one? Um, yeah, I think that the, the female referee from NXT, uh, she's done a couple of male matches, I think. Has she done the main I, event? Uh, that I isn't don't think it's a main, main event, event, but I'm just saying they got oh, the female referee in okay. the mix before AEW was they a got, thing. They got the female on males before, I'll give them that, which is not a Pornhub reference. <laughs> but the main event thing's hmm. pretty huge, too. Um, so yeah, we, that, that makes it a B average. And I think B average is okay. Not bad at all, considering what we've seen from some people. Now, Pacey, here's something that I want to get in here semi quick. And I want you to retort on your opinions and, and I'll give my opinions. All right. Um, we might go long, but fuck it. We, we could, the news is going to go quick. Yeah. I got some numbers for you, Pasty, And, um, the, Going into this, I just want to say it seems like the honeymoon is over for AEW, but not in a negative way. It's not like, oh my god, nobody's going to watch AEW again. But I, I felt it was worth noting some of these numbers. So, numbers here, pasty. Pay-per-view buys. Pay-per-view buys for All Out were down 20% from Double or Nothing, their last pay-per-view that they sold. Well, everybody knows about the websites that you can watch it for for free. I think, I yes. think you know, everybody's on the ex- excitement train. More people bought it at first, obviously. Yep. To, to, Doesn't help that some of these websites it. have it to where you can actually watch it while it airs live. Yep. Oh, yeah, that's easy. Mm-hmm. Most of them do. Also, um, you could argue BR Live. A lot of people did BR Live. Mm. BR Live views were down 10% from Double or Nothing. So not as big. So people are watching BR Live, but they were down also. Fight TV numbers, Pasty, they were down, although there's not an actual released amount at this time. The report that I've found from multiple sites is that Fight TV numbers were down. Don't know the percentage. If you look at the 20 and the 10, you're going to assume it's probably between 20 and Mm. 10. I mean, that just makes sense. I mean, you also got to look at the fact it was the, the second biggest holiday travel weekend of the year, so... Yeah. For both TV, pay-per-view, and BR Live viewings combined, an estimated 46% of fans who ordered All Out had also ordered Double or Nothing. 
Now, that means that an estimated 54% of fans did not order All Out who had ordered Double or Nothing. So basically, in layman's terms, less than half the people who ordered Double or Nothing actually followed through and ordered All Out after seeing Double or Nothing. So there was a drop-off, a a substantial amount of drop-off. Whether that's people pooling their money together and watching it together, whether that's people watching it, like you said, on other sites because they can't afford to buy every single one of them. Whatever it is, that that's kind of a substantial drop, that less than 50% of the people that ordered all out actually, or who ordered double or nothing, actually ordered all out. And one thing that uh, is big, because this is where wrestling makes their money, all out drew a solid crowd of 10,500 fans to the Sears Center Arena, which is just outside of Chicago. The all-in pay-per-view, which was their original big one, right? Mm. That was in the exact same arena. That drew 11,263 fans as a sellout. Not a huge difference, but... The lineup was hugely different. Yeah, and as a as a business, you would hope that you gain fans each time you come back to an arena rather than lose fans. Mm. Now, I know I'm going to get people who, who may not be uh, savvy in business saying, Fat Mac, you said that they went to the same arena in the same town and they were both sellouts. They can't be different numbers. Yes, they can. What happens is you have a number of seats, you sell them out. As soon as you sold them That's out, out, you get, yeah, that sellout. Then you put out platinum seats. Mm. Then you put out VIP. Then you put out ringside. Then you put out this. Then they open up this. Then they take away this table. Then they add this. The more people that are willing to buy, the more seats they they add. They'll fucking hang you from the fucking rafters and let you float over the ring if you're willing to pay enough money. Some arenas, they'll have overflow rooms. for Yeah, it's SRO. Standing room only. It's called SRO. So, yes, there were more people after they sold out who wanted to see All In than All Out. That makes sense, though, because All In was the very first ever thing. Mm. It was not a company, and people wanted to promote the Bucks and Omega and We just wanted to see a one-off thing do something massive. So that does make sense, but it's just, it was, it's it's kind of telling to see that I think the biggest thing, the, though, is it's the holiday weekend where, where most people are out of town from Thursday to Monday, so having a pay-per-view that weekend is not a good idea in the first place. That's gotta be part hmm. of it, honestly. That's why WWE doesn't do it. But I also think that maybe the honeymoon season is over and we're gonna see a little bit of a drop as it comes. And that's just, that's normal. You expect that. I mean, TV's right around the corner. That's the next thing yeah, is TV, and, and I think as soon as it's on TV, it's going to pick right back up. We'll see. <sighs> I actually don't think so, because I think people are more willing to wait and watch it on TV. But that's my opinion. Could be wrong. Just thought it was just thought it was an interesting note. So yeah, that was our all-out uh, results, and now we're coming into this week's weekly Elite Dirt Sheet. Let's get dirty, baby. And our top story, of course, is the top story on everybody's minds this week. The case right. of the missing championship belt title extreme. Well, it's been resolved. But in case you haven't heard the news, Chris Jericho lost the AEW title just hours after winning the inaugural belt. Oh, no! <laughs> but it wasn't Hangman Page, John Moxley, or Marco Stunt. No, it was... It wasn't Marco Stunt? No. 
He couldn't carry it. We already went through that earlier. It's too heavy. Oh, yeah, too right. No, it was some random thief at a restaurant. Allegedly. Or was it? Tallahassee, Florida police reported that Jericho apparently had the title go missing while he was eating dinner inside a Longhorn Steakhouse at 2400 North Monroe Street. This is Kelly it's not Omaha for the Steaks, and that's why it happened. <laughs> police were called, and an investigation was launched. The police blotter read as follows. The victim, Christopher Jericho Irvine, is that his middle name? <laughs> reported the theft of his championship wrestling belt while he was eating inside the Longhorn Steakhouse. The victim stated he arrived at the Millionaire Club Airport Terminal. Oh, must be rough. (laughs) A little bit of the bubbly. (laughs) And placed the belt inside his rented limousine. The limo driver shuttled the victim to Longhorn for dinner. The victim remained at Longhorn while the limo driver returned to the airport. The victim had taken the wrong luggage from the airport, and the driver took it back to the terminal. When the driver packed up, the victim picked up the victim from the restaurant. The belt was missing. Responding officers searched the limo and airport for the belt without success. On-call CID, or Criminal Investigation Division, was consulted, and forensics responded to the scene. In the wake of its disappearance, Jericho launched a worldwide investigation using top private investigators to recover his title. Turns out he didn't need those investigators. Instead, it was a 41-year-old Florida State University employee who would find the championship abandoned on the side of the road as he was driving home. Damn it, Vince. (laughs) In an interview with with the Tallahassee Democrat, Frank Price spoke about uh, discovering the title, which was inside a velvet bag in the middle of a turn lane. Oh, no. Price, who is not a wrestling fan, recalled opening the bag when he got home and discovering the belt inside. I think I said something like, whoa, it's a huge wrestling belt, dude. Check this thing out. <laughs> He's 41 years old. He probably didn't talk like that. <laughs> but we're going we're gonna to play like he did. I love it. <laughs> I never would have guessed that if I had a lifetime of guesses. At the time, there was nothing in the news about anything being lost or stolen, so we thought it was just a replica or a costume or something like that. Despite questioning, Price had enough texts, emails, receipts, and witnesses and GPS data on his smartphone to prove he was nowhere near Millionaire or Longhorn Steakhouse when the belt first went missing. He even received a $200 reward from Mike Vaughn of Mike's Limousines, the service Jericho was using at the time. The belief is Jericho or the driver just set the bag on the trunk or the top of the limo and it just fell off. Fucking Jericho. I mean, he probably had too much of the bubbly. (laughs) Too much of the bubbly. (laughs) That's fucking pathetic, Uh, though. Yes, and during all the rigmarole, popular fast food chain Arby's even got in on the fun tweeting at I am Jericho. Heard some Judas stole your championship belt. We've got plenty of cardboard. Want a new one? I just love that. Uh, Arby's has some of the best. Arby's and Wendy's are good. two of the best tweeters ever. They should have. They should have then shared Daniel Bryan's WWE Championship as a picture. <laughs> right, the the old emperor. Yep. We have practice. So, <laughs> so I mean, obviously, we don't know exactly what happened, um, but it the story makes sense. They set it on the trunk while they were doing some mm-hmm. shit. 
drove away, ended up on the side of a road. Dude picked it up. I find it crazy that some dude picked up a velvet bag and didn't open it till he got home. Right, yeah. I wouldn't be able to do that, but whatever. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a 45-pound velvet bag. Why wouldn't Teach you open them that? Own, I guess. Yeah, I'd have opened it up before I put it in my fucking car. <laughs> Why is it so heavy? What if it was... What if it was manure? <laughs> what if it was a bomb? What if, it could be a anything. A bag full of manure. I love it. What if, what if it was the cure to AIDS? I don't know. This was this was a fun road. I loved I loved every day getting a new report uh-huh. about this. Well, I like hearing was, too that the, the police is... posted a tweet saying they found it and then quickly deleted it. Like, AEW already had a cover story to go up, you know, and they're like, take it down, take it down. (laughs) Take it down, we got some shit to do. So it's like, to me, either this is one huge fucking uh, angle, which it could be, but I honestly don't think it is. For millionaire, Longhorn Steakhouses, and Mike's Limousines, it could be Chris Jericho just doing an average podcast episode. Yeah, but at the same time, it's just like, it was so fun. This is fun. You're gonna want to get this that championship off of Jericho championship. pretty fast, though. If he's yeah. already losing, you know, right? Man, he should get a couple of demerits for that or something. Well, AEW not only lost a championship belt, pasty, but they lost an extremely gifted <sighs> wrestler. Because even though all elite wrestling seemed so to be planning weird. on making wrestler Kylie Ray, a huge star in their company. Seems like that will no longer be the case. Now, we'll start with saying President Tony Khan confirmed that Kylie Ray has been granted her release from the company after asking for it. Stevens, you can do that. Un- right? Initially, it's unclear when or why Ray asked for her release. Khan called the split, quote, Amicable, and would not really discuss the matter any further. Ray, who was a big part of Double or Nothing, taking part in a fatal four-way match against Britt Baker, Nyla Rose, and Awesome Kong, who are three of the biggest names in pro wrestling right now, and obviously Nyla Rose is going to be in the running for the first ever AEW Women's Champion... She was advertised, but never confirmed for a match against Leva Bates at AEW Firefest, and alas, we, we see neither of them. Allie ended up wrestling Bates... Did... Wait a second. She ended up wrestling Bates on yeah. the show? Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to edit that. Because I fucked that up. Okay. <laughs> she was advertised, but never confirmed for a match against Leva Bates at AEW Fighter Fest. But she, Allie ended up wrestling Bates on the show instead. Ray deleted her Twitter account in August, leading to concern from some fans over what her status may be. But it seems there's actually more to this. According to a report by Brad Shepard, Kylie Ray has apparently retired completely from professional wrestling in general following her departure from AEW. Details regarding this are at this time unknown to us at Beefsticks Podcast. But Shepard went out of his way to actually uh, put Tony Khan on blast, saying that he should never try to of quote feign transparency unquote on matters he was not able to talk about. In other words, Tony Khan should have never came out and said that Kylie Ray was granted her release 
if Kylie Ray is maybe just retiring completely from wrestling and it wasn't his spot to say. Yeah. I don't know. I have some thoughts. It's just weird. Well, let's hear them. Well, she's, let's she's, hear your, them. she's your Bailey, right? That's what everybody compares her to. She's your Bailey. She's your, uh, your, your okay, happy, yeah. Yeah, over yeah. the top, we'll girly go girl. She's everything that a girl okay. is supposed to be. And this is a character she developed. Just leads me to believe she she slants to the right and doesn't like the fact that, that Nyla Rose is in the company. That is my thought. I just get this weird tickle on the back wow. of my neck about it. And then she caught wind that they wanted to push her, you know, to the to the first title match or whatever. And I think that... It's probably to me that's what it seems like I feel like because I felt like since day one she looks like she puts on this big fake front but I bet she's a super bitch backstage wow yeah. whoa look at pasty that's how I felt oh, yeah, pasty and old nun back I this could be beef. entirely no, wrong no but this is pasty this is beef six podcast you gotta just fucking let them know yeah. how you feel whatever vibe you're feeling I, I, I didn't feel it but I feel you. <laughs> Honestly, though, if you were if you were a super girly, what every girl should be kind of wrestler, and then the Nyla Rose thing. I am pretty thing, super girly. I mean, but I mean, I could see, I could see it. Yeah, lot, I, we're obviously going to have more to talk about this going forward, whether it's immediate or, or in the far future. This isn't over yet. We we got more to talk about. I also it, still as, wouldn't as doubt comes out. we're going to see her in WWE. Um, Pacey, we have gone, I think, um, 79 minutes talking about all Elite Pro Wrestling. Yes, we have. Let's, uh, Should we let's go talk full about gear? The, the rest of the wrestling world. No, no, I full mean, gear my ass. Kids. Arm drag. What? It, uh, yeah, what? <laughs> hey, now that you brought it up, what the fuck does the term full gear mean? Uh, full gear. Like, every time I go to write it, I'm like, uh, no, it's not it full was, gear. It's like top gear or no, something it's full gear. gear. And then I'm like, wait a second, what the fuck is full gear? It's, it's from, not even it's from being, no, it's from being the elite. It was when he was originally, when Adam Page was originally supposed to fight Pac. And... Uh, Adam Page came to a restaurant in his wrestling gear, and they started making oh, fun of him for being out of shape and yeah. shit. And so that's where it came from. Yeah, and then he ended. Uh, yeah, that's it's dumb, uh, but at least uh, it again, has a place in the in the lineage. It does, but I'm gonna go back and say what I said a while ago. Don't mix being the elite with your actual product because they're two different. Once TV starts, audiences. I think it's the same exact thing, though. I think once I don't think I don't being think the elite so, the happens once watch, TV's done, or maybe it does, okay. but it's like more back because, back. Because I can almost guarantee you, ninety-seven percent of the people who watch TNT will never watch fucking being the I elite. That's just not, they're not the same of audience. Young Bucks fans watch being the elite. That's that's my thought. Yeah, but Young Bucks fans aren't tuning into fucking TNT to watch fucking AEW either. They're watching fucking being the elite on YouTube. They're not they're not putting the money and time in to watch them weekly. They're just fucking getting stoned, eating Cheetos and every now and then flipping over to the fucking YouTube they channel. About that's not views who you want on each weekly show. Yeah, that's a drop in the bucket to a real YouTube channel. I'm sorry. And to a fucking How many people do you think watch TNT, Pasty? A lot. But like I said, like I said, like I, I think I think once TV starts, I think there won't be as much need for being the elite. I think they gotta quit doing it because there's very little cross promotion. I think everybody's realized that the people who have cable 
don't fucking watch streaming services. And the people who watch streaming services don't fucking watch cable. Pasty, how much do you pay for your cable services? Zero dollars. Do you have cable services? No. My point proven. But, with that being said, let's talk about something else other than All Elite Wrestling. Because there is more than that. Not a whole lot this week, because, wow, they took over every fucking thing. And in a good way. <laughs> awesome. But, Pasty, we have to move it into the... Savage Sentinel. And, uh, starting this off is another big story. There was a big, big shakeup of the WWE creative team this week, Pasty, which has been in the week in the works for some time now, at least according to our good friend old Pedo Davo. Yes. Cue that sound effect here. Ryan Ward, who had been working as the lead writer for SmackDown, is now out. The official word is that he's on a quote personal leave. And now with Ward gone from SmackDown, Ed Kosky, who had been working as the head writer for Raw, will be moving to the Fox brand. Kosky has been with WWE for more than 18 years, almost two decades, Pacey, and he's worked as a top writer for over 10 years of that term. And he is currently WWE's vice president of creative. Now, he will be working with SmackDown executive director Eric Bischoff. The new Raw lead writer is Jonathan Bakstrom. He will be working under Raw executive producer Paul Heyman. Now, Bakstrom had been working as the lead writer for 205 Live since November 2016. He's got some experience. Ah, Nobody watches it. You can do whatever (laughs) you want. But he'd been recently removed from 205 Live because Heyman brought him into the red brand when he was hired as executive director. So Paul Heyman sees something in him. He's probably good. Mm. Now, all this was brought on by several internal issues, allegedly, and a lot of concerns, Pasty, including a severe botching, allegedly, of the SmackDown storyline involving Roman Reigns, Daniel Bryan, and Eric Rowan. At least according to a new report from The Wrap. And if the little bit I've heard about this storyline, because I haven't watched any of it, is true, I have no fucking idea what's happened with it either. So that sounds right. It sounds like nobody knows what the fuck's going well, Eric on. Rowan it Rowan did it from, himself. It went, from, it went from who the fuck did it to Roman Reigns, to anybody could have done it, to Rowan did it, to it was a Rowan lookalike, to Rowan did mm, it. And then now, now, the now Rowan turned on Daniel Bryan... And he said nobody will ever slap him again. And and then he got slapped. The rap he reports that no, Bischoff fight, and Roman the blue Reigns brand team have come under scrutiny due to the handling of this creative. Their source noted that the storyline was, quote, botched so bad that explaining to anyone what it was supposed to be wouldn't make any sense at all. I go back to what I said about right. it. Where's Vince place. Russo when you need him? Uh, exactly. Bro. <laughs> He'd at least come up with something. It wouldn't have made sense. It's but elementary, it bro. Put Daniel Bryan on a pole. Now, what makes matters worse, Stevie Long, who is a writer who formerly worked for the Sons of Anarchy TV show, was reportedly found asleep in the writer's room by doot 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 P.S. Michael Hayes, not only a WWE Hall of Famer, but also a tenured employee backstage. 
And this was during Long's first day on the road with the oh, company, God. Basty, allegedly. Now, Long Get is still employed. Here. But, yeah, Bischoff declined to comment on the story, and when contacted by the rap, the Long's, man- Long's manager was unable to give a comment from his client before publication. That's uh, that's very interesting. I didn't think Bischoff was going to do an awful job. Honestly, he's doing an awful job. Feels better than it did before, even with this convoluted (laughs) who's trying to. I don't care. As long as Roman Reigns is almost dying, I'm happy. At least it's different. Yeah, this this it's makes me worry. It's going to be interesting um, seeing Rowan stand on his own two feet for the first time in WWE history. I hope that goes down in the books. Is he, or is he just going to join the I Fiend? Know, right, right. It seems like they're kind of pushing to join the Fiend. They shouldn't do that. But it looks like what it's doing. They shouldn't do that. Not without Harper. Are they going to bring Harper back, too? And then they're going to ruin Bray Wyatt. Everybody should stand on their own. Harper needs to go to AEW. There, I said it. Yes. But he needs to shave his hair and beard, and so nobody recognizes him. I don't want that. Why? Pasty. But if nobody recognizes him, that'd be fun. Uh, we're still going to recognize Come on. It, it, come on. We have the internet pasty. No, I don't know what he looks like. You've seen him. Not without the hair and the beard. You've never seen no. him? I mean, naked, but I wasn't looking at his face. Well, he shaved his balls. And I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, it's some stuff. It's, I mean, stuff happens. At least Paul Heyman's doing a good job. Paul Heyman's rocking. Um, WWE's trying their best. You know who's kind of slacking is uh, USA Network, basically. Yes, indeed. There appears to be a disturbance of the force in the force as plans for the first two weeks of NXT on USA are revealed. The show is slated to run live on USA from 8 to 9, and the second hour will be available on the WWE Network on both 918 and 925. <coughs> the reason being is the nine-year-running USA drama Suits is coming to an end in the final two episodes airing on the aforementioned dates. Which is really funny, because WWE could just hold NXT off from going to TV for two weeks and air it the same week AEW goes to TV. Nope. We need those two weeks. Isn't that so fucking petty and stupid? It is. I almost wish Karma was the one biting WWE in the ass here, where they had locked themselves into it, but Suits did it, and AEW was already running, so AEW got the second hour ratings. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. That. Oh, that would be awesome. I know. I know. I would not go out of my way to switch from USA to the network. I'd probably just watch the second hour on the network. To be honest. That. That's exactly <laughs> what I was gonna say. I wouldn't even watch the first hour. The first I'd just hour watch the just second the hour on the network. Right? <laughs> there you go. See you next week. Pre-show. <laughs> oh, talking about uh, shows you're not willing to watch on TV, pasty. We're moving into the ins. And the outs. Yes. And one show I don't watch on TV is American Ninja Warrior. And why do we give a shit about that on our show? Well, I'll tell you why, Pasty. Thank you for Thank asking. Thank you for telling me. Former American Ninja Yarn. Warrior. Kate. 
Casey Catanzaro <laughs> is rumored to be leaving WWE due to a back injury. Hold on, folks. This is another story that kept developing through the weeks. <laughs> Casey signed with WWE in January of 2018 when she worked the May Young Classic yep, tournament. I remember and, that. And I was like, why is a ninja yeah. warrior in wrestling? That doesn't make sense. She did good, though. And she participated in the Women's Royal Rumble match earlier this year. However, Wrestling Observer Newsletter reports as of Tuesday, Kedanzaro has not left the company. There's oh my god, are her and Kylie Ray the same person? They could be. We don't know. I've never seen the two of them in the same room together. Let's have them face each other on Ninja Warrior to make sure. Um, there is said to be something to the original story, as there were definitely rumors on her departure going around NXT over the weekend, and they didn't just poof out of nowhere. However, Kedanzaro remains under contract as of this week, and it's still listed on the official NXT roster. Oh, Vince ain't letting anybody go for any reason. Come on now. Now, now, Pasty, somebody who might know a thing or two about this was actually talked to, which is what should happen in these situations. So, Ricochet, when asked directly about Casey, who, by the way, is his girlfriend IRL. Oh, are they going to tag team now? Well, I mean, will she kiss him in the ring? That's the real test. Um, But Ricochet spoke bluntly about his real life girlfriend. He said she's still with the company. She's not retired at all. And she's not injured. He goes on to say it's a tough sport and we're all hurting, but there's nothing wrong with her. Is she dead? Is she dead? Maybe. Then when asked if he believes that she will ever wrestle again, he said, I don't know. She's very family-oriented and wants kids, so she doesn't know if being on the road so much is for her. Now, for me, I'm already in too deep. I'm on the road all the time. She loves wrestling, and she loves it here in WWE, and she's so good at it, so it's a very tough decision for her. Uh, Basically, if I'm reading between the lines, what I hear is... She is a super athletic, super outgoing She's not a wrestler. She doesn't like wrestling. a lot of things. I, I don't even say that she doesn't like wrestling, but I, I really don't think she likes the schedule is what it sounds mm. like to me. I don't think she wants to be a wrestler, mm-hmm. you know, 23 hours of the day. I think she wanted to be a wrestler maybe eight hours of the day. Mm. You know what I mean? And maybe just a couple of days and not on a full-time basis. A couple of days. I just Let's wanted to do that tournament. <laughs> but um, I don't know. Either way, yeah. you know, I was, I always was like, why? She, I, I don't like when they bring other sports people into wrestling. No, but I thought she did a good job. She's very she athletic, is. super talented, super strong. As we mentioned when we talked about the May Young Classic, she is the first ever woman to complete the uh, American Ninja Warrior course. That's that's not something to just fucking dismiss. Okay, because I can guarantee you that there is a huge percentage, and I would dare say 99% of the female wrestlers in WWE, let alone other wrestling companies, who would never be able to finish that right. course. They're, but they're you know, taking things, bumps is very right? different than a fucking American Ninja Warrior course. Two it takes an enti- entirely different kind of person. 
Yeah, two very different things, and and they they should all be proud of what they can yeah. do. And you got to assume somebody who'd run American Ninja Warrior would push themselves and push themselves to no ends to the point where they would injure themselves in wrestling on a serious thing. You know what I mean? No they ends. Don't stop. They no don't want to stop. They don't want to. You know, it's endless. No ends. Yes, but Rob Van Dam confirmed to Frightful recently that he's extended his contract with Impact until January, so it appears the whole effing show will be staying on the promotion for the next few months. He signed with Impact Wrestling this spring, and his contract was said to originally expire in October. Well, I mean, I'm glad. Impact is where ECW goes to die. <laughs> or or to thrive, either to, one. To, to, to something. <laughs> Yeah. Um, uh, something I, I didn't know where to put in here, but I read and I, I whatever. Because they're a Canadian-based uh, uh, company and weed's legal in Canada, and so they can all smoke and wrestle. There you go. Um, RVD did have a recent interview where he talked about a lot of his injuries that he has, and he has a lot building up. None of them are, like, career-ending injuries, but they're all building on each other and he stuff. He DDP yoga. So, Rob... Is well, he's currently going down to uh, Mexico to get stem cell treatment. Ooh, that worked for Edge, which is um, yeah, it's the same kind of treatment Edge has had, uh, Brian Cage has had, made a new pizza Hulk place Hogan for Cartman. Had. So many people have had this, and it seems to be just fucking amazing. And I'm just going to drop a little bit of my own feelings here. I support the stem cell research and stem mm. cells, um, what, whatever it may be. Now, one thing I want to say is uh, Florida just started legalizing it. And I think there's only like one or two states that actually will do it in America now. So you have to go down to Mexico to do most of it. You can bet your ass it's not Again? the states that won't allow abortion. <laughs> yeah. But again, this is Mexico, and I just have to share a short story about the fact that Hulk Hogan uh, died on a uh, medical table in Mexico when he was getting stem cell injections because they injected him with, and I don't remember what it's called. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. No, it wasn't. But they injected him with something. I don't remember what it's called, but it's something that wrestlers have been using for years, even in the States. Um, it's, it's a normal thing that helps you out. I, I don't remember what it was called, but anyways, turns out he was allergic to it. He didn't know he was allergic to it. Hogan doesn't speak Spanish. Nobody in the hospital spoke English. <laughs> His wife noticed he was dying. <laughs> so she kind of alerted people. Uh, they got some stuff done, took care of it, and uh, brought him back to life, thank heavens. And going forward, he still did a few more treatments down there, but they didn't use the drug that he almost died on. But now he's exclusively doing it in Florida. But he swears, so many people swear it's by it. still coming from Mexico, though. But it's, <laughs> it's from um, Florida. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, Cuba. Cuba. Uh, but the thing is, is it's super temporary. It's almost like crack. Where it's awesome for like 27 days, 35 days, and then you're super sore again. Well, it's so, still not a perfect science. It's getting there. No. But you know what? The more research, if people would fight, mm-hmm. quit fighting the research, we'd know more about it yep. maybe help. Um, that was my little uh, soapbox to yell on. Go ahead and puff on to the next thing, Pasty. 
Or or not. Fuck it. <laughs> We're done. Have a good week, folks. Goodbye. Love you. WWE announced Friday that two new talents had reported to the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida to begin working for NXT, Jorge Bali and Edgar Lopez. Bali is known to pro wrestling fans as El Hijo de Fantasma, or King Cuerno of Lucha Underground fame. He's a second generation talent, his name translating to Son of Fantasma. No way! No way! Lopez, on the other hand, is a former soccer player from the Monterey Institute of Technology's Borjeos Salvajes team. He worked the December 2018 WWE tryouts in Santiago, Chile. Oh, if I'm putting my money on somebody, it's on the fucking Monterey Institute of Technology, boy. Yeah, he'll quit faster than Catanzaro. Arm drag! Oh, man, not the fucking... Not the second generation Lucha Libre boy. He's just a schmuck. Um, yeah, don't expect old uh, Borejo's uh, Salavejas to last long in <laughs> WWE. He's he's not making it to the main roster. I'd be surprised to see him on NXT TV. Yeah, I don't think so. But of course, King Cuerno, El Hijo del Fantasma. I know him. Jorge, Jorge Bole, whatever you want to call him, he this motherfucker easily is making a name for himself in NXT mm-hmm. for sure, if not the main roster. He's not going no, anywhere. And you'll probably see him on NXT Badass. very soon. Badass. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see him. And basically, there is another possible addition to the Wednesday show, at least this according to Squared Circle Sirens. 30, or not 38, 28-year-old <laughs> Scarlett Bordeaux is currently at... <sighs> it's a rough fucking day, Pasty. We're, We're almost done. I almost get to go smoke a cigarette. Are we almost done? I am so close. Okay. All right. We're going to go again. You want to type edit at the beginning of another? I'm holding my dog. But basically, another possible addition to the Wednesday show, according to Squared Circle Sirens, could be the 28-year-old Scarlett Bordeaux, who received a tryout. We can confirm that former Impact Knockout Scarlett Bordeaux is currently at the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida today, and has been seen inside the ring for what sources tell us is a tryout. They reported... Bordeaux appeared in WWE multiple times from 2014 to 2016 as a member of <sighs> the Rosebuds. <laughs> Scarlett's hey, last match for Braun Impact Strowman was one of those. So was Simon Gotch. Yeah, look, look, look what it's brought those two guys. Uh, Scarlett Bordeaux's last match for Impact Wrestling was at Code Red, which was an Impact Plus exclusive held in May in conjunction with the House of Glory promotion. Bordeaux most recently competed in AAA's Triple Mania in Mexico, where she teamed with Sammy Guevara in a failed attempt to win the promotion's Mixed Tag Team Championship, and, probably most notably at this point, was disgustingly groped by an asshole fan during that match when she was outside of the mm-hmm. ring. Well, if she was indeed at that tryout, I'm assuming she'll be on WWE TV very soon. I can just see her to pair them up with um, Bizarro World Charlotte Flair. Can't, can't, Bizarro, can't remember Bizarro. her name right now, but you know who I'm talking about. Bizarro! Bizarro! I have fucking no idea. Just the, the one in the Seth Rollins-Becky Lynch match. 
Bizarro, bizarro. <laughs> with with uh, King Corbin. The fuck the the mixed gender match: Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch, Corbin, and what's her fuck? Is that coming no, or that did happened. that happen? I don't fucking know. It was when Brock Lesnar got the title back. You fuck. I still don't even well, know. Then, I don't know. Fuck. Can't we just it's, not know? Pay, Why is remember. everything got to be a big deal with you? Hey, it's 9.35 and time for your legal news. <laughs> <laughs> it's not 9.35. It's way later than that because we behind. Uh, yeah, but this will be quick yeah. and I'll sign off. What do we What do we got? This is a good one, Basie. I'll let you take this one. I like it. Trinesha Biggers, better known as Rockicon in Impact from 2008 to 09, and Lucha Libre USA from 2010 to 2012, is no longer running the ropes, but now appears to be running from the law. Oh, no! Crime Stoppers of El Paso says that Khan is one of El Paso's <laughs> most wanted fugitives for the week of August 25th, 2019. Oh, I watched that episode <laughs> of the reality show. Um, she just barely beat out um, Jose Cuervo. <laughs> oh, man, it was close. But they, but they, the, her torch man got snuffed. Go She's ahead. listed under the name of Trinisha Sims, aka Trinisha Biggers or Trinisha Williams, and has been charged with interference with child custody. No other information regarding Khan is given other than her age, height, weight, and features. How much right. more do you need to know? Social security That's number, her in a bank account. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Speaking with Jerwack.net, Trinisha Biggers states that the reports are due to harassment from her ex-husband. My ex-husband, who was on probation for beating me unconscious, made 100 false police reports against me. 100! <laughs> we have been in a domestic violence shelter after I caught him stalking again. Crime Stoppers urges anyone with information to call 915 566 8477 and they can remain anonymous and are eligible to receive a cash award which they have to share with B-Sticks Podcast but also you can't do both you can't remain anonymous right, and yeah. get the reward. Just to let you know right now, if you're going to get the reward, you have to let them know who the fuck you are. It's one or the other, not both. Um... This sounds so funny, and it's a horrible thing. I mean, whether 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 she's right or whether she's wrong, either way, it's horrible. <sighs> but goddamn, if you can't find the, the humor in everything, then you might as right. well just bury yourself alive now, because this is this is fucking it is. fun. It's a good good time. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I I love that she. She specifically says made one hundred <laughs> false police reports. Like like she's counting with a clicker. Mm -hmm. Wasn't ninety eight, wasn't ninety nine, wasn't one oh one, stopped at a hundred. Right. He knew his limit. He ain't fucking around, he knew his limit. One hundred. He made one hundred and six and one third false police reports against me. It's uh, it's such it's such good shit. Um, uh, I, I hope I hope this gets solved. Whatever I mean, obviously this is so muddy and mixed. We don't know what the right thing is, but I hope the right thing for whatever child is in the middle of this. I hope whatever is right for yeah. that child yeah. happens. 
I don't give a fuck about Rakakan. I don't give a fuck about her, <laughs> her ex-husband. Seven different names. The child. Yeah, the child's She's got the as only many person names I give a shit about. Police reports against her. So I, I would say whether whether you believe her story or not, if you know anything, call that number 915-566-8477 and let the police uh, figure it out because because we don't know what the fuck's going on. Podcast, if you don't know anything and just want to bother some people, call that number anyway and just call, call it, it up. up. See what's happening. <laughs> just let them know what's going on. But uh, more things about Impact. Pacey Impact Wrestling Sources have confirmed that Killer Cross is not booked for this week's TV tapings. The company remains steadfast in their belief that they have offered Cross a respectable six-figure new deal, which Cross declined, and that he is being held to his existing deal as of now, which has 18 months left on it, so way more than a year. Impact sources claim that Cross has hired an attorney and is using that attorney to felicitate all communications between the two sides. Not a lot more From to say about that. From I heard, Cross, so this is all because Cross didn't want a blade. Um, both sides are denying that, to be honest. Um, cross, but I mean, uh, if it was a thing, uh, both sides would still deny it. You know what I mean? That is true. Impact allegedly bought the blood packets. Uh, what, what Pacey is, is inferring is that he was supposed to. He allegedly was gonna get a. Uh, what well, he did, he got a kendo stick broken into the mouth. He was supposed to blade, said he would bleed um, right around his mouth. He didn't want to blade because he said that there were no medical personnel backstage so he didn't feel comfortable blading, which I mm. stand behind 100%. That's I honestly your choice. wish Chris Jericho wouldn't According, have <laughs> Yes. According to Impact Wrestling, they're the ones that said, that's cool, we'll go get blood packets and let you do blood packets. They also said that they admit and agree that there were no medical personnel backstage, but said that EMTs were backstage so that if anything happened, they would be on guard. Uh, so both both sides are saying that's not the actual issue. It's more about the contract than anything else. But it's pro wrestling. Who the fuck knows? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm talking about who the fuck knows, oh, Pasty. This next one that you get to talk about is a fucking good oh, man. one. We, we started talking about this a little bit last week. And <laughs> we it's did. ongoing. And I'm assuming we're going to be talking about it for a few weeks to come yet. We will. But TMZ has got up to Ric Flair and confronted him on the issue of the trademark for the man. And the nature boy had this to say. How can he be the man if he's the nature boy? He, he grew up. All so I then say. He, he has to give up the nature boy then. Can, can Becky Lynch you call can herself the nature. the nature boy then? <laughs> can can he be can he be the outside man? <laughs> I don't know. That was stupid. The inside man. There you go. It was me Not all along. Like <laughs> I don't like that. But he had this to what say. What did he have to say, Pasty? I'm glad that I'm having this opportunity to clear the air. When I first saw this, the man Becky okay, Lynch did go down. Folks, hold on. To be fair, he doesn't clear no, the fucking air no, with this his statement. Dumb. It's all dumb. <laughs> but go ahead. I'm sorry, but I had to put that in there. He doesn't clear when the I air. When I first saw this, the man Becky Lynch thing go down in August 2018, I thought, cool, the man, my gimmick, versus my daughter Charlotte. Okay, that's the day it started, right after SummerSlam. I thought, cool. I said, I'm going to make some money. It's my trademark, and they have it to use. 
I've been saying it's been mine since 1981, Rick explained. So I got my worded statement. I sent WWE's lawyer a text, and the lawyer, who just has no respect for me whatsoever, which is something I'm not going to deal with much longer, he said, you're wrong. It's not even close. I said, it's not even close. So boom, I sent him another text. (laughs) He didn't respond. (laughs) Who the fuck texts lawyers? It's harder for them to charge you by the minute. So I had my lawyer call him, and he blew off my lawyer. This is all in 2018, or in January of 19. Flair also mentioned how his daughter Charlotte Flair has been upset with him during this process. He hopes that his daughter and people alike will understand this decision was centered around providing for his money-grubbing whore of a wife. What, did I say that? Exactly. That's what we said. <laughs> and we stand behind it. I wouldn't even say anything else. Anytime an old on. man wants to make money for, for after he's gone, <laughs> it's, it's because of a whore. <laughs> Well, it's not for, first of all, it's not for Charlotte, who's making plenty of money in WWE, and it's not for uh, his other daughter, who's making plenty of money married to the mortgage guy, who has a new fucking star cast every two months now, let alone four of the top-rated podcasts of all time. It's going to be so fun with Starcast 60 at All Out 4. <laughs> That's awesome. But anyways, it. he continues on. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, does he, he does. <laughs> it's funny. It's not. My daughter is so mad at me it's because not. I filed. Not even understanding that it's not Becky. I have no beef with Becky. But here's the deal. When I almost died two years ago, one person <laughs> stayed. He has, to, he has to play that fucking card. Come on, Rick. Come one person on. stayed by me the whole time for 31 days in the ICU, 12 days while I was dying on a respirator, and I'm going to take care of her and her family. And my family has taken that has taken care of me no matter what. Okay, so who's the girl? Oh fuck! You never said. <laughs> I don't care what the WWE thinks of me personally. I know they love me, but obviously they have lost respect for me. Rick continued, if I don't win, and even if I won, Becky can have the man all day long. I'm glad. But I want the company to pay me for it because I'm going to take care of my family. (laughs) She can have it. It's okay. She can have it. Fine. Oh, that's fine. I have no problem. I am going to be the man. (laughs) And if I don't get it. You know what my tombstone will say? He died trying to be the man. (laughs) I told Hunter, Hunter, I'm going to file. I mean, the reason they don't have the trademark for the man, it's my understanding that it's because it's too close to mine. I told Hunter, hey, if push comes to shove, I'm going to file for it. I mean, I get it, but here's the deal. I love Becky Lynch, and no one has supported the women's division more than me as an outsider. But my whore of a wife has supported me more than the women's division. (laughs) As a matter of fact, I told the guys that I would have texted Becky last night and Sasha, but I'm sure... What does Sasha have to do with anything? What does this have to do with anything at all? (laughs) This whole sentence makes no sense. This is this is a whole Ric Flair, take your pill, take a nap. And thusly, I'll start it over one more time. As a matter of fact, I told the guys that I would have texted Becky last night and Sasha, but I'm sure Becky, 
I don't know what the WWE spin has been to her. They stole it last <laughs> night. Flair explained. Those aren't sentences. He didn't those anything. aren't even sentences. I love that the article goes those on to say Flair explained. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not an explanation. Those are random words you spit together. And usually I have some kind of solace at the end of an explanation. I just have more questions. But I'm sure Becky, I don't know what WWE spin has been to her. They stole it last night. Ends with a comma, not a period. (laughs) Lynch did eventually catch wind of Rick's trademark filing, and she commented on Twitter, I am the man. Flair responded, to be the man, you gotta beat the man. Hashtag already trademarked. And this is where we bring it back to last week, when I say that trademark has to be literal, and Becky Lynch has to pin Ric Flair, and this can all be resolved. I also think Ric Flair has turned into fucking oh, Donald so bad. Trump. He actually probably died there, and she's just been weekend at burning him ever since, trying to get into his bank accounts. Yeah. I like that. Weekend at Burnsies. Um, basically, this has been a good episode. I thought this was going to be a super short oh, episode, and... Um, Thankfully to all to AEW, AEW for all the the positives, the negatives, the plus, the minus, whatever you want to say, they give us a lot to talk about. They give us something else to talk about. They give us something and it new feels to talk so about, good. and they give us hope. Yeah, they mm. give us hope. And for whatever negatives that I might have to say about things, sometimes mm-hmm. this is good. This is good. This is really good. I like it. Uh, we gotta end this. Uh, Fat Mac has had a rough week, and it's not over yet. Pasty, I'm Fat Mac, and I love everybody listening Fat to this. Fat Mac, I'm Pasty, and I hate everybody not listening to this. We agree on both of those things. Until next week.